0: Welcome to episode 122 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the first time, long time edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. I think we, I used that title at some point during our time, but since there's two first time winners or three first time winners that I can think of, um, we're going with it again. It uh, works pretty good. Uh, my name is Philip Matthew and I'm here with my co-host Josh Fine. What's going on, man? Happy Fourth of July um, uh, to you. I didn't get to wish you on Fourth of July, but you know. Happy Fourth! We got our independence, supposedly.
1: Oh yeah, we of course we got our independence, but you know we um, had a great Independence Day weekend. You know, great weekend of racing, of course, uh, what we're here for, and uh, great weekend throughout. You know, Formula One, IndyCar, and NASCAR. I think it's probably one of the better weekends where I think all three series. You saw a lot of action, uh, especially towards the end of these races and throughout um, across NASCAR, IndyCar, and Formula One. So great weekend racing a uh, great to celebrate independence day and all that but of course you know glad to be back on it with you and uh, happy fourth of july to you and uh, you know your yeah. family and everything
0: absolutely thanks man and thanks to everybody all the people that give all the men and women that allow us to have the ability to celebrate see fireworks eat barbecue go and get drunk or whatever floats your boat in that sense um as they open this beer um We'll go over Carlos Sainz winning his first career Formula One race um, in this episode in his 150th start, first pole, first win, but it wasn't straightforward by any means. Uh, Probably the most entertaining Grand Prix of the year by far and likely one of the best, honestly, one of the best Grand Prix's uh, just based on all the craziness, all the stuff that went on, I've seen in a while. Uh, Tyler Reddick goes and wins his first career cup race beating Chase Elliott or William Clyde Elliott II who won the pole stole the pole from Chase Briscoe and then uh, that was an interesting deal there at the end of that race uh, where Clyde had the best car but the eight car was lingering, was able to make it happen. Uh, Bo Tyler Reddick's son couldn't make it through the celebration so uh, that was pretty funny. His post Tyler Reddick's uh, post-race response to that, that was funny when he saw his kid and his wife sitting there trying to go and cover him up, but um, that was cool. Um, Another first-time winner uh, happened in the Formula 2 series, so we'll get into that during the roundup. Scott McLaughlin gets his third win of 2022 after what has been a pretty lean period for him um, in recent races. Uh, He gets himself back on track with a win, kinda inserts himself back into the points. Uh the points leader and what is it? Um I'm forgetting now. Oh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh is um
1: Points is you know, Marcus Erickson.
0: Marcus Erickson, yeah. yeah, thank you. So Erickson gets a top ten, but loses ground to Will Power, who came from twenty first to third, uh, which is insane at mid Ohio of all places. Um we'll get into all those races. In the roundup, we'll talk about No Neck getting the win at Stafford last week. We'll talk about the last paved track they'll be racing on this year in the SRX Nashville Fairgrounds F2, which saw Logan Sargent win his first career F2 race and the first win for an American in the uh, AAA of Formula One. Basically, the feeder main feeder series of Formula One since Alexander Rossi um, in 2015 when it was GP2 F3. W Series all ran at Silverstone, and F2 and F3 will be racing this weekend at Austria. Uh, IMSA at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park last week for both the WeatherTech Series and the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Michelin Pilot Challenge saw Robert Wickens win again in TCR, so two consecutive wins for him and Mark Wilkins in the number 33 Hyundai Elantra. Uh, Formula E raced at Marrakesh last week. Extreme E starts a doubleheader uh this weekend uh in Sardinia so they'll run two uh Xpres or whatever WEC will be racing at Monza for the 6 hours there and uh it'll be the debut of the Peugeot 9 by 8 9X8 I don't know how so they'll be debuting their Glickenhaus change air scheme um there'll be uh what is it six cars in the main uh hypercar class and then a pretty loaded field, 38 car field uh, coming in for this race at uh, Monza. And supercars will be at Townsville. And that'll lead into the Austrian Grand Prix preview. Cup and Xfinity will be at Atlanta on the Atlanta Super Speedway. And then trucks will be racing in Middle Ohio. Josh will let us know what's going on on the sim side, you know, with uh, iRacing and uh, other gaming. And we'll close it. But first, I want to kind of get this off my chest because it, it happened last week and it's part of the reason why we're on today um of yeah, course tell us what's July, good. That, feel. July the 4th I mean what's uh uh you know we call it you know first time long time well it's first time long time I haven't had a rant um the reality of the world uh we had uh of course, July Fourth couldn't do our show. Usually, we do it on Mondays, but um, of course, we had the holiday, so we moved it to today. Reason we moved it to today is because um, your uh, um, host, executive producer, is um, free because of um, typical hacky bullshit. Um, there's other words that I could use that are a bit more colorful, but you know, I know we don't. We have a certain base, but. I'm not really going to go as far with that. Um, I've used them before to probably talk about Danica Patrick and other women that aren't good racers, um, which there are plenty more than the ones that actually get the real recognition. But long story short, I bowled an 807 uh, four-game set, and I bowled a 631 series. So that was the highest three and four-game sets that I've had in that league that I was bowling in. However the treatment from the moment i walked in was uh was definitely poor um negative uh they were not very uh very pleasant and it's something when you go and look at a league we're in a 40 team league the whole entire house is full my teammate and i are 31st cuz we've struggled i've struggled the whole time and my teammate started to get back out of his funk or whatever the team we were playing against is 32nd so we're not playing for anything. I mean, we're playing for some money, but we're not playing for any money of great significance. However, homegirl, whatever, like, girl, whatever the hell she is, whatever her deal, she um, saw fit to go and cry wolf that I had a high handicap. Now, now, an aside, when you look at certain sports, like, in in, I'll bring this to you, Josh, like, in racing, you have your levels and you have your licensing and you have to do a certain amount of, you know, races or hours or however it is to go and keep on increasing your your levels right
1: yeah 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 Yeah. of course i mean right now for me i actually lost my b license because i uh in road course racing because i kept crashing or making a bunch of mistakes so she got demoted so i actually can't do the b class uh road indy car series right now so i'm trying to build that back up and everything so i'm trying to do a little bit more road racing but yeah that's how it works
0: yeah. So, I mean, just using Josh's example, you know, of of being the sim racer as things happen, whether it's to, of your fault or something else, other, you know, environmental things, people drive like crap, whatever. In my case, I've struggled and I haven't done great there. My average has been going up. We finished fourth in our full season league. We had fun. I would do my usual thing. I'd do what I generally do here. Relax, have fun, shoot the shit, drink some beers, see what happens. I could take off a big game once in a while, but usually I'd be in the same realm. And the way handicaps work, they bring you to a level where if you're at if you're at mid-range for that league, you'll get up to 220, you get a decent handicap. If you're really, really bad, then you're going to get way more pins. So at the end of the day, it all levels itself out. It's kind of like the handicap system in golf, where somebody who who looks like Charles Bart, who plays like Charles Barkley can go and play with a scratch golfer because they get more shots on a hole. So anyway, I had a pretty big handicap last week and a uh, homegirl bitch was crying about it and um, was already copping an attitude and wasn't happy. It's like, honey, you're 30 you and your, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever the hell it is. You're 32nd in a league out of 40. You're not playing for anything. Frying about me having a handicap ain't going to change the fact that you aren't playing well and you're not going anywhere. So with that, she pissed me off. I took off a 233. And the fact of the matter is I was mad. And I said, fuck you. You want to. And then they go into her and she calls her dad and they start muttering and mumbling to themselves. And they go and say, hey, you're sand, you're sandbagging. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You're calling me a sandbagger. Just because I took off a two thirty three against against you, you really think that that's what I am? That's who I am as a person. I am honest to a fault. If you've listened to one hundred twenty one episodes of the Grip Strip podcast, if there's one thing that's for sure, Phil doesn't have a filter, and Phil doesn't give a fuck, and and he ain't gonna go down like a like a bitch. If I if I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose like a man. If I'm gonna win, I'm gonna win like it's the same way. So. When that bitch went off on me and called her daddy over and daddy wants to go and play me for $100 a game. I'm like, excuse me, sir. You're like 90. You're like 655 years old. You've been bowling for all these years and you're 185 average. Get over yourself. I've bowled for a year and a half with good equipment and I'm getting I'm already there. Basically there when I have my shit on straight and I'm going to get past you. So do you really want that sauce? Do you really want that The what what do they call that? Do you want that smoke? That's what he he don't want that smoke. That place don't want that smoke. They understand. And that's the problem. That place is a drama filled enterprise. And to me, there's so many things wrong in our society. And there's so many people that are fucked up that seem to have power. And then there's people like this who think that they're in their own little world in this bowling alley, which is a great bowling alley. I bowl there for states and whatever, and it's run by great people. But these people are what destroy bowling and make it bad for people who are trying to build themselves up and get better. And fundamentally, I took off that 807 and 631. I rage posted on Instagram. I finally had to delete it. I... Frickin' was saying awful shit. I was saying some really effed up shit. And it was warranted. Because I would never say that sort of stuff about people if they were just nice. At least played, had sportsmanship. No sportsmanship. Accused me of being a cheater, being a hack. Accused me or whatever. And then... And the fir- after that, they one of the people that bowls in that league or whatever goes and says, yo, you got to stop drinking, man. I'm like, it had, and, and it said that I said that I was a sandbagger. No, 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 no. I was accused of being a sandbagger, and I repeated it, and I went to multiple people and said, you think I'm a sandbagger? You think I want to bowl this bad with the average I have right now? If To have the equipment I have and a bowl the average I'm bowling for all those weeks you have to be a fucking, either you have to be completely out of your mind or, or full of shit. So um, fact of the matter is, fuck people who want to go and ruin a good time for others. Fuck other people who think that they're more important than they really are. Because the fact is the sport of bowling, there's plenty of places to go. And I've already scouted one place and I ain't going no more. And fundamentally losing my business is going to lose business with a lot of other people because I know a lot of other people that bowl. And furthermore, I don't need to bowl in that place for my life to get better, or for my game to get better. I can get better without a problem because I want it bad enough. If you want something bad enough, you can get it. You know, life is not given, has definitely not dealt me the greatest hands ever. But the reality is I'm here now and we're here now. We're having fun. And that's what this is about. That's what we're going to do. And I had to get it off my chest. So fuck those two C words and for what their shit and that asshole dad Fuck all of them. They can all go to hell. They're all probably sitting there at the bowling alley, frying out about how they're losing or not doing whatever they do. They can all go and eat a dick. And I'm going to go and sit here on my Tuesdays. I'll have my Tuesdays to myself. And um, I'll be able to chill out. And worst case, if we need to go and sub out, we can go and do Tuesday shows. So thank you, Josh, for uh, allowing me to go and have my rant there. Um, I will now try to somehow or another transition from ranting about, um, bowling and league bowling and how people can be to Carlos Sainz going in. And, and I, I mean, maybe we could use it this way since Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz spent a lot of time on the squawk box, uh, during that race at the British Grand Prix at Silverstone talking about changing positions, trying to go and do strategies, all kinds of stuff. And, um, Charles Leclerc, by the end of it, was left um, holding the bag uh, at a possibility of a possible win going away while his teammate gets his first career win. Um, It was a a momentous occasion, of course, for Carlos Sainz. His dad is one of the greatest uh, rally drivers ever. Um, Having the name, uh, Josh, of course, being a fan of somebody who can completely understand the same kind of thing, being the namesake of one of the greatest drivers ever has a lot of pressure being a guy who got kicked out of the Red Bull program and has had to basically grind in other teams to get to the point that now he's a Ferrari driver. Um, You know, the, the performance he had for a good part of the weekend, at least the first half of the race, wasn't so good for Carlos Sainz, but in the end, Carlos Sainz ends up a winner at uh, the British Grand Prix at Silverstone, uh, 100 in his 150th start, gets uh, his first pole as well, leads 27 laps, the most laps, uh, one of four guys that led the race. Um, it was one of the most interesting races uh, this year, man. Um, the battle between Carlos Sainz and his teammate Charles Leclerc, but who else stood out? Of course, Fish Lips takes the lead. Sainz makes a mistake going through. Uh, maggots, bec- maggots and Beckets, before they get to get to the hangar straight, goes off, Verstopping and goes and passes him. But then, like, the next lap or whatever, he goes off the track going through cops and uh, and damages his floor. And then all of a sudden, Fishlips becomes, you know, ordinary. And um, his car went away. Ferrari retakes the lead. Things go on from there. But then another person that stood out, was Sir Lewis Hamilton cuz all of a sudden in the last couple of weeks Mercedes has given him a car that actually can he can actually drive and he did it at Canada finished on the podium and in this case it looked like for periods of time there was a possibility that Lewis could have pulled off the unthinkable getting his 104th Formula 1 win um at his home instead he gets his 13th podium in the British Grand Prix um You know, we'll just go through the top 10 signs. Checo Perez from the back, who got damaged from Charles Leclerc, um, had to replace his wing. Um, The safety car, which we'll get into later, is part of why he's there. Lewis Hamilton, Charles Leclerc. Fernando Alonso from seventh finishes fifth. Lando Norris finishes sixth. Max Verstappen seventh. Mick Schumacher gets his first career points in eighth ahead of his... um, compatriot and essentially his mentor, Sebastian Vettel, who both of them were starting in the back and they got to the top ten and Kevin Magnussen ends up tenth uh plenty of issues that went on, but before we get into some of those issues, josh, let's talk about you know Carlos Sainz getting the dub, you know what you know will the the fact that Sergio Perez did a similar thing to what he did when he won his first career, Grand Prix at Secure. To go and get second, and basically salvage what was a bad day for Red Bull, but really salvage it and give them solid points, while Ferrari was fucking themselves up, and Lewis Hamilton salvages the Mercedes day and almost looks like he could go and get that victory.
1: Yeah, I mean it was definitely a interesting Grand Prix for sure. And um, like I said earlier in the show, probably one of the best Grand Prixs that we've seen uh, so far. And you know, with uh, the way you know things have turned out. In, in in this race, in, you know, in, in this series. Uh, this year, um, you know, definitely there's a, a lot of action. And I think, you know, the the last, probably the, you know, the last uh, safety car, well, it wasn't a safety car. It was, you know, basically, yeah, the last safety car, you had uh, Charles Leclerc, who's leading, and Sainz is in second. And then Lewis might have had a chance going, um, you know, I think he had the best pace at that point in third. And then uh, that came out, and, um, you know, they were able to, you know, pit for tires and everything. And I, I think um, from there, it was basically a restart to the end. And uh, Carlos Sainz was able to take the lead and get his first Grand Prix win. It's been a long time coming for him. And, you know, I think the last uh, maybe month or so. I think he's probably been the better driver at Ferrari. I mean, I think, uh, Charles Leclerc hasn't had a podium finish since, uh, the Miami grand prix, which is almost two months ago, two months ago at this point. So definitely, uh, a struggle right now for, uh, Leclerc on his part, but, uh, between him, Hamilton, and Sergio Perez, you know, the last uh, little bit of that uh, Grand Prix, uh, they got to racing there, and uh, it was pretty entertaining. You know, seeing them basically, at, you know, one point, you know, three wide uh, off the last corner, um, Perez and uh, Charlotte Kerr fighting uh, for second place, and then out of nowhere, Lewis comes and passes them. And I thought Lewis might have been able to uh, get by them and then, you know, take off and maybe set his sights on, on Carlos Sainz, but. He got repassed in a couple of corners later by uh, Sergio Perez. And uh, f- from there, you know, it was uh, Carlos Sainz, Perez, and then Hamilton. So uh, a lot of passing that went on between uh, those three guys at the end. Uh, really entertaining. Uh, probably the most entertaining racing that we've seen so far this year. And it wasn't just them. You know I think uh Fernando Alonso was also kind of in the midst of that. if they had gotten to more racing, I think he probably could have had a chance to take advantage there so uh between the, those three really awesome racing um and then of course a new winner uh in Carlos Sainz. and you know also I think you have to talk about the halo as well with uh uh Joe Gounou, uh his crash flipping in the air and then you know landing upside down in between the catch fence and the tire barrier. The car, uh, you know, upside down next to the tire barrier uh, with uh, the old car or, you know, pre-HALO could have been disastrous. Uh, but, you know, once again, the HALO proves uh, that it does its job and does everything that it's supposed to do as as intended. So, uh, you know, once again, we have a, a, another, uh, mi- I don't want to say miracle, but, you know, n- another example of uh, the HALO saving a uh, driver from serious injury to death there. So good there. And then, of course, uh, with uh with george russell also crashing you know good good sportsmanship there as soon as he got out of the car he was able to try and go help zoganu uh from his accident and good sportsman good sportsmanship there of course you know and uh we've seen him do that in the past especially in karting Ilia talked about that yesterday on twitter saw that you know george demonstrated that back in their karting days so uh good character there for him so you know i think This Grand Prix in general, yeah, just a uh, entertaining Grand Prix throughout a lot of lot of moments, uh, you know, good and bad. So, um, you know, glad glad that we were able to have, uh, you know, start off the Independence Day weekend of racing here in America by, you know, waking up and watching all of that.
0: Yeah, I mean the the crash. We talked about it on Grid Talk, of course. I mean, Joe Guan Yu, first lap takes out um, him, and um, he gets hooked by uh, Gasly. Was hit by Russell, and then Alex Albon was involved in that too. Albon ended up having uh, having to go to the hospital and was being looked at overnight. Uh, haven't heard anything about his health in regards to whether he'll race. Zhou Guanyu was pinned in between the wall and the tech pro and the guardrail and all. If that thing had caught on fire, it would have been the worst one of the worst things we've seen since like the '70s or whatever, and early '80s with with accidents in Formula One. Or you know, it could have been like uh, Grosjean's crash or the 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 Imola weekend in 94 it could have been really really bad, but thankfully um, the way safety innovations have come along uh, they were able to extricate the car without any fluids leaking and whatever and being and and Guan Zhou Guan Yu being uh 100 percent to get out of the car, yeah they took him on a on a uh, backboard and they went and took him for observation and he was able to walk out um, which is huge. Um, could have been a lot worse in that spot. Uh, I mean, George Russell, being a good Samaritan, ended up screwing himself, unfortunately, out of what could have been a a, a good day for him and his team because he couldn't get the car started again, and then they had put the car in a rollback, and all that became a whole big discussion. Uh, but you know, for he wanted to make sure Zhou Guan Yu was okay. Of course, one of his best friends, Albon was there too in that incident. And then there was also Ocon was involved in it. Uh, Gasly was involved in it. I forget. Um, and Sonoda was involved uh, in that deal. Um, so that was a big accident. It was, they stopped the race for an hour uh, to go and take care of everything there. But in the end, Zhou Guan Yu was able to get out um, and uh, he's okay. So those three guys were out um, you know, the we bring up, I'll bring up Valtteri Botas had gearbox issues, had to fall out. Gasly, they say, is a rear wing issue for why he went out, but of course, he got hit by Yuki Sonoda, uh, his teammate at one point during the race. So that wasn't great. Yuki, it wasn't one of Yuki's uh, greatest weeks, races for sure. Um, the, the thing that I'll bring up is Esteban Ocon. Fuel pump issue at lap 37. At that point, uh, Lewis Hamilton was gaining. He had just pitted a few laps before to put a new set of hard tires on, um, even though Karen Horner thought he should do otherwise, since Karen Horner seems to be the only voice anybody in the media seems to go to anymore. Um, He um, was on, on new hard tires and was making time. I think it was lap 33 or whatever he was making time. And if the race had ran organically, I think the reality would have been that there would have been a very good chance for Lewis Hamilton to pass one, if not both of those Ferraris to possibly get that victory. However, the reset as Josh, you mentioned uh, basically allowed everybody sans, you know, uh, Charles Leclerc. And I think maybe one or two other people to pit, put on new tires, It started over as a new race, which is why Sergio Perez, who was buried, he had been buried. He was tailback, gotten himself, I think, just past uh, Verstappen. Verstappen was on his way out of the points if it had ran the way it was running. And Sergio Perez was probably going to get a top five finish. Instead, that restart and the ability to be able to go and have everything condensed gave him the opportunity to get to second um he didn't have anything for Carlos Sainz cuz he couldn't make the moves quick enough to get up there. Um Charles Leclerc held up uh, Lewis enough to where even after he passed him he didn't have anything. Even though he did have, in the end Lewis had the fastest lap in the race, but in the grand scheme of things, uh that that was that caution, that that full safety car was the turning was another turning point in the Grand Prix. Um, amongst the, uh, you know, intra-team Ferrari battle and all the nonsense I went on with their strategy. Uh, I mean, before we kind of move on, uh, I mean, we talked about Mick Schumacher. I mean, Mick Schumacher gets his first points, fish lips ran him in, in and around the world, driving him off the racetrack like an asshole. Um, his stupid fans and people who hate Lewis Hamilton will say, well, that's just racing, Lewis will do that to anybody. I'm like, um, no, uh, Lewis would, we, there's defending and then there's like the Verstappen method of driving, which he learned from his dad, obviously, which tells you all you need to know because his dad was a hack. Um, and he drives people off into their grass and he drives around like he doesn't know what a mirror is. He drives around like a, like a freaking bronze, bronze level driver. In an in an LMP three, the way he drives around and and has no regard for dri- other drivers, you'd think after Zhou Guan, Yu flies into a catch fence, and then before that, earlier in the day, you had one of the Red Bull Juniors going and uh flying into the 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 freaking uh, the cockpit of Roy Nassani's car in the uh, Formula Two race. You'd think you'd have a little more sense than that, but it's Max Verstappen, so Karen Horner um and and company will like will apologize for him no matter what he does he could shit either he could go and anything he, he his shit is like gold or whatever it doesn't really matter what he does fucking cocksucker but um beside all that i mean the fact is the way that the race went uh josh um that that safety car really changed things. It really would have been a different race. I think a little different race if it hadn't come out. Um, But in the end, we can't take it back. It is what it is. Um, You know, in terms of formula one, let's go and bring up their uh, points. (sighs) Oh God, I'm freaking tired. And I have to do work. Yep. have to go and do work. So what are your thoughts on some of those points? And, as I bring up the driver's standings here, um, what are your thoughts on the race in general? I mean, I, I think some of those things that happened, some of the people that had struggles were, um, you know, the usual suspects. Some of the people fell out. Um it was unfortunate, some of the Ferrari stuff going on with Valtteri Bottas, but um, basically, essentially throwing away. Alpha's day went away. Mercedes' day was sort of kind of iffy. Uh, a few other teams kind of had some problems there, but um, what are your thoughts as we move towards the Austrian Grand Prix this weekend, which we'll get into here shortly?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, first off, you know, he talked about Verstappen versus Mick at the end of that race, and Mick's trying to get his first points. And I mean, you said he ran him off the road, and I mean, he made him definitely made him work for it—that's for sure. And um, I mean, at the end, didn't end up overtaking him but they still managed to get uh both of them in the points so uh for schumacher is his first ever points finish in uh One. so uh the haas team at least uh in this race uh they had uh, both their cars finish in the points it was probably first time in uh probably a couple of years that they actually had two cars uh both in the points uh probably at least 2019 or uh before that uh last time that ever happened uh i think uh for for stopping um, at least uh salvages uh what could have been a possible uh, possible victory for uh this Grand Prix of course he ran over uh debris uh, or something caused uh, damage to the floor uh so he didn't really have the pace uh that he needed uh to run up front of course, so uh it at least uh minimizes the damage from that uh points wise and uh, doesn't give up as much as maybe what he could have, say, if he had crashed out on lap one, which uh, really would have opened things up probably if he had uh, done uh, something like that. Uh, but, you know, in the end, uh, remains 34 points ahead of uh, his teammate Sergio Perez. So, still a long way to go for uh, really any of the top, you know, four or top five uh, in Formula One right now. So, uh, there isn't too much to worry about as long as he is able to keep clicking away solid finishes, uh and maybe continue to win or get on the podium for uh, Verstappen, But I think uh you know, Leclerc definitely needs to start turning things around. Uh he's still forty-three points out of the lead and like I said earlier, he hasn't finished in the podium since uh the Miami Grand Prix. Uh so he's got a lot of work cut out for him to do. Uh so Think the focus has got to be to maximize the points, get onto the podium as they go to the Austrian Grand Prix here in a couple of weeks. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. If, you know, they're able to do that, or if uh, his teammate Carlos Sainz can somehow overtake him, which we probably didn't foresee coming at the beginning of the year uh, for uh, Ferrari. We thought maybe that uh Charles Leclerc to be the guy carrying the flag uh for that team but you know his teammate now has won and last month has driven better than his teammate so possibly here in a couple of weeks you know, he's only 11 points uh behind his teammate so definitely you could see uh Carlos Sainz uh at least in the next race or two uh, potentially overtaking his teammate there and taking at least third in the championship. so uh, we'll see how that goes and then um you know Lewis still in sixth place uh Teammate crashed out of the race, uh, so he's able to gain on his teammate and everything, but still in sixth place. But, you know, with the way things are going for Lewis Hamilton, possibly, uh, you know, maybe this not this race, you know, thought maybe he could have gotten a victory here, but he didn't. But uh, possibly in the future, maybe could see a, uh, n- another podium at least uh, for Lewis Hamilton. And you know, if he can consistently finish on the podium, eventually, you know, he'll get to the position to overtake his teammate and possibly be a guy that could get into maybe third place or at some point later in the year if they're able to maintain, uh, that level of consistency, but, you know, still got a long way to go and definitely they still don't quite have the pace of, uh, the Ferraris or, or, well, they somewhat maybe on level Ferrari, but definitely not in the level of, uh, Red Bull there. So, uh, you know, still a long way to go, but, you know, we got a long season and, uh, we'll see what happens for, um, Lewis and Carlos Sainz and even even for a uh things can change uh fairly quickly here in Formula 1. But uh we got that and then uh I think uh the other team you have to look at is um McLaren. You know, you have one driver, Lando Norris, uh seemingly finding solid points finishes, but then, you know, you also have teammate uh, Daniel Ricciardo who is the only guy that has won for um McLaren you know, the last year or two. So, uh, there's that, but then he's also hadn't been able to uh, find any handling. So hasn't been able to score any points and likely probably will find himself out of a seat here at the end of the season. Unfortunate for him, but you know, that's how it goes. So, uh, I think, um, you know, there's still a lot of you know movement that can happen, uh, throughout the rest of the season. You know, there's still long ways to go. You know, we still haven't gotten to the F one summer break. So a lot of things that can still, uh, be in play. Uh, and you know, nothing, nothing is uh, for sure here in formula one until the end of the season. So, uh, definitely have to look out for a lot of things and keep your eye out for, uh, potential stories and potential movement, uh, in the standings.
0: As I have to go and text, uh, one of my clients, since he decided now, uh, hours before we're supposed to go and have our meeting that, Oh, I need to go and cancel my appointment. Yeah, you you knew you needed to change your appointment, you fuck. You could have went and let me know bef- long before that, fucking cocksucker. But um, with that, we'll get into the points. I mean, this we have a busy month of Formula One racing going on here. So Austria, of course, this week, a week break. Then you have France, and you have uh, Hungary. After that, you have the summer break. So it's kind of like MotoGP right now is in their summer break. Paco Bagnaya um took that to a different level and decided to go and um get a dwi and wreck a car um so that's the guy that finished second in the world championship last year um getting a 0.08 uh which or 0.8 or whatever so whatever the number was it's on motorsport.com and i was like wow guy who's one of the best motorcycle riders in the world is getting dwi's just for fun um tells y'all you, you need to know about riding for Ducati I guess but that's beside the point uh Fish Lips has a 31 34 point lead on Sergio Perez uh they consolidated their constructors lead of course Charles Leclerc leads uh at, as Josh mentioned Carlos Sainz by 11 uh Russell's first non first non top 5 of the year Um, means that he's now 27 points behind Charles Leclerc Lewis Hamilton getting another podium um, gets himself within 18 points of his teammate so um, that's where that's at Uh, the battle between after that is kind of a little more interesting you have Norris Botas and the two Renault drivers um, Kevin Magnus Pierre Gasly, Sebastian Vettel, and Ricardo are all very close together with Yuki Sonoda. Um, and then you have the rest of the guys, Nicholas Latifi, who actually had a good race, good weekend, probably the best weekend he's ever had in his career outside of Hungary last year. Um, qualified in the top 10, ran up in the top 10, the to caution, that full safety car, um, screwed him in that spot, um, fell outside of that, um, Going into the constructors, uh, 35 and 63 points, Red Bull leads Ferrari by, and then uh, they're up 61 on uh, Mercedes, and then there's a huge gap. Alpine and McLaren, there's a six-point gap between those two, Alfa Romeo's in their own little world. Alpha Torrey Haas and Aston Martin are only separated by nine points. So something to look at in regards to those teams. Alfa Romeo, if they can have a little better reliability, um, they could get themselves in the mix there with Alpine um and McLaren, but we'll see what happens with that. Let's move to cup. Uh Tyler Reddick and let's move to I guess NASCAR. Um Tyler Reddick gets his first career win in the cup series yet another Brad Keselowski Racing alum gets a win. Four out of the five guys that have won their first race this year drove for Brad Keselowski Racing. So that's pretty cool. Um, He may not be known as the most intelligent guy in regards to some of his takes he has on social media, but by God, he knows how to find talent Um, because he had Austin Sindrick, Chase Briscoe, uh, Ross Chastain, and now and and Tyler Reddick all on his team at some point during that the during their existence. Um I think Brad is hoping he can do the same thing with RFK, it hasn't really worked out so well on his end. Um Chris Busher seems to be taking a step forward with his uh progression here in recent weeks, especially with their road course uh situation. But getting into um Wow, oh look at that. Oh, they got pit, yeah, oh, interesting. Oh, we'll talk about that in a few uh minutes time. Got some little news there. Uh the race results of the Quick Trip 250 presented by Jockey Made in America. Um Daniel Suarez had the uh Murica pain scheme which must have thrown the maggots off for sure. Tyler Reddick wins his first career cup series race lead 16 laps. Uh William Clyde Elliott the second Led the most laps, 36, led three times. Um, didn't get any playoff points, but he was finishing inside of the top 10 even after pitting. Larson started third, finished third, and essentially that's what he was most of the day. Um, Redick was trying to pass him before they all pitted in the first stage. Castane and Suarez make it. Uh, Chevys in the top five. The two um, track house cars didn't have the greatest of qualifyings, but were able to get up there. In the race, Chris Buescher finished 6th, Austin Sindrick finished 7th, Michael McDowell finished 8th, AJ Allmendinger started 21st, finished ninth, and Kevin Harvick rounds out your top 10. Uh, Brian Blaney won stage 2, Chase Briscoe won stage 1, and um, I guess um, we'll go with this first. Uh, We'll talk about Reddick going and being one of the only people that I think made a pass on the racetrack on sunday at road america um clyde said it during qual after qualifying that passing was going to be at a premium Uh, it was going to be very hard and when you have a rocket ship like clyde had uh on sunday for a good part of that race i can see why Uh, but there was really only a few cars i don't know what you thought and you can tell me but i thought the eight car had pace the two car had pace And I'm forgetting one other one off the top, but I know the eight and the two, there was one other car that kind of stood out to me that I thought was like, okay, if you give them track position or you give them, I really, it it was really, okay, fine. It's probably those two guys. I I think I was thinking there was a third one, um, but um, I guess I was wrong on that. I think it was... Really, maybe the 34 to 17, Eh, I don't know. Um, The five was kind of there, but not to the same level. Um, But the eight car and the two car didn't have as much track position theoretically, but they were up there in the top 10. So it's kind of hard to say that, but they were fast. And if they had pitch strategies or whatever, things worked a certain way. I think those cars are going to get there. Well, the eight got there. Um, The two had one of his best runs he's had in a while. This race has changed the point situation up exponent- exponentially because you had two guys that sacrificed probably a, fin- a, dec- a better finish to win a stage to get the, the playoff point. Briscoe didn't have the same pace he had on Saturday in practice and in qualifying. Uh, he was the fastest car, should have won the pole, gave it away. And then in the race, tried to pass Clyde on lap one and gave up and then started falling back after about eight laps, which means he had a short-run car. Uh, Then once he got stuck in traffic, he was was, was just a clusterfuck. Um, He almost got passed by Cole Custer. That tells you all you need to know um, about how bad things went for uh, that team after having that position, giving away another opportunity to win, Uh, possibly get a good top-five finish, whatever. Uh, they sacrificed uh, a finish to get the playoff point, to move themselves up the playoff ladder. Since now there's 13 winners so far in 18 races, Josh, and um, it's unprecedented in our time. You know, I don't really, I, I, I know years and years ago, there was a lot of winners, Uh I think 2002, but that was pre-playoff format or whatever. Um, but to have five first-time winners to have every first three first time winners on all, all on road courses. Um, the guy who is literally a, legitimately a road course ringer, he wins on a super speedway, which isn't his his forte and goes and wins a Daytona 500 uh, because Blaney choked. Uh, but, you know, the, the fact is this this next gen car has opened things up you know, in so many ways. And the RCR was the team that was the first team that made the prototype. They made the prototype. And you have their main talent, their lead dog, goes and gets that W, finally gets over the hump, gets rid of that monkey on his back. And um, I'm sure the party's still going on, even though they have to get ready for Atlanta this weekend because um, Tyler Reddick is one of the best talents in this sport. And now he has a W to go with that.
1: Yeah, Phil, I mean, it was definitely a great race on Sunday. I mean, it was hard to pass for sure, but I think it was also just um show of who had the best car at the end. And, you know, at, the, at first it looked like Chase Elliott, you know, throughout the race, of course, led the, you know, the, the most of the race. But then the last stint, uh, Tyler Reddick was able to kind of keep up with him and throughout Uh, the beginning to the end of the last stage and he was able to keep up with him and put the pressure on him and then Chase Elliott made a mistake and uh, overdrove one corner and Tyler Reddick was able to get by him and then from there it was uh, a challenge if if, uh, Chase Elliott could be able to uh, pass uh, back Tyler Reddick but he wasn't able to do that and Tyler Reddick had the best car at the end and he drove away from uh, Chase Elliott there uh so it was a good victory for Tyler Reddick and yeah it, shakes, it shapes up the shakes up the uh Cup Series standings in terms of the playoff field uh because now we only have three guys left who haven't won and they're all three drivers who are capable of winning uh in this series and Ryan Blaney is uh, definitely uh one of those drivers who can win a race surprisingly has not won yet um Martin Truex, another driver who's uh, had some good runs here throughout the season, um, hasn't won yet. Christopher Bell, not quite as good as either of two, but definitely can win uh, on these, you know, on these racetracks. So uh, he's definitely good at, you know, places like New Hampshire, some of the flat tracks. So he's proved himself in the Xfinity Series there, so uh, definitely a, a chance uh, for any of uh, those three drivers to uh, possibly win. Uh, and we've gotten into the part of the season in NASCAR where it gets uh, very volatile in terms of who wins and uh, whatnot because you have uh, a lot of different racetracks coming up. You know, you have the Atlanta uh, Speedway now, which is the Super Speedway, so that's definitely up for grabs for anybody. So a guy like Bubba Wallace, who did switch crews, uh, they announced that today uh, with Christopher Bell, uh, could possibly win coming up uh, at Atlanta uh, you, you have uh, two more road courses in Watkins Glen, Indianapolis Road Course, Daytona, uh, another super speedway, uh, and certainly going to be something like Atlanta uh, like that. Uh, you have Michigan, which you know could come down to fuel mileage, just like a lot of history uh, at that racetrack where races went down to fuel mileage and um, the leader ended up running out of gas and we got a surprise winner so you have that. And then you also have uh, short track racing. You have, uh, Bristol, uh, still on the schedule, not Bristol, but, uh, Richmond, uh, still on the schedule. Just pulled the bill Weber there, but, uh, you still have that. So there's definitely like a lot of, uh, things that could happen still, uh, in the summer. And there's definitely a lot, a lot of, uh, volatility that could still happen. So, uh, We've seen this before in the series, where we have uh, surprise, uh, you know, winners uh, throughout the summer. I think last year we kind of saw that a little bit. Uh, I think also with uh, twenty sixteen. You know, we, we had in Pocono still Pocono is another one, you know, with uh, Chris Busher 2016, he won Pocono in the rain or in the, the lightning or whatever it was, and was able to uh, steal his way in. Or, you know, yeah. Yeah. Be able to get his way into the field uh, that way. So there's still a possibility that we end up having somebody that's not even in the top 16 uh, come up with a win uh, during this stretch. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, this all plays out. But uh you know Sunday was a great you know weekend of racing really a great uh display of racing I think at Road America. a lot of people talking about uh with the next gen car versus the old car. the old car didn't really you know run that well on road courses it's not meant for road course racing so uh, it should uh, be a lot more entertaining to watch because these cars are, are now designed for road course racing uh, designed to race better uh it 's a lot more stable I guess, and so maybe it doesn 't look as good, but you know I feel like you know if you 're able to actually run on road courses you know you can uh, it 's going to bring a lot more road racing style I think to uh, the Cup series when they 're on these type of racetracks because uh, now you can actually drive it like the way it's meant to be. And now you have to pl- really play the long game with uh, road racing, I think, before. You could really count on making mistakes, and I think you still have to, but you know, you really have to be on your toes and um, put a lot of pressure on the guy uh, in front of you to make a pass, and, and you just have to be able to set up the, the, the move uh, throughout a stint And I think, you know, you're able to see that with uh, Tyler Reddick versus Chase Elliott there at the end. Um, And that was a really good example of, you know, waiting to make the right move at the right time. Whereas maybe with the old car, you could kind of like throw it into a corner, kind of beat it around a little bit, uh, especially at uh, road courses. And maybe, um, you know, you would have seen a lot of uh, entertaining racing between the two. But I feel like I like this kind of uh, flavor better than uh, what we had before. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if NASCAR decides to bring uh, Road America back in 2023, because obviously there's rumors that uh, we, we might see this racetrack get replaced by uh, Chicago street course, which I guess the idea of having a street race in NASCAR in a major city is a uh, pretty interesting, but at the same time, you know, road America is a great racetrack, great road course. Uh, we've seen a lot of great racing, uh, in the Xfinity series and, and in, in the series, the two years that it's been on the schedule and cup plus uh, a lot of history in the open wheel series with IndyCar and champ cars. So, uh, I would hate to see this track leave the schedule uh and plus you know uh, it matters to NASCAR they have a uh, great attendance as well and the fans uh, seem to uh, pack the stands v- uh, very well I don't have the numbers or know what the numbers are but you know from you know what you're able to gather on social media and other you know places it seems like that Road America definitely has a good turnout for crowds, uh, you know, compared to what other racetracks might have. And definitely at least the fans come out for this race. So it would be a shame to uh, see this one come off the schedule because I you know, feel like it can be a staple for the cup series in terms of road course racing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree because people show up two years. We've had some of the best crowds. The racing may have not been the best to be completely honest about that, but, um, The fact of the matter is road America's historic. It's one of the greatest racing circuits we have in this country. The fact that the two biggest racing entities in, in this country that are circuit racing race here, uh, is huge. Um, losing this race to go and run a street course race when you have multiple races at other places that don't really need two races, um, They've already taken away two races from Dover and two races from from Pocono and two races from Michigan. Um, so you can take away and New Hampshire. You could take away a second race from one of these other shitholes, whether it's Phoenix, whether it's, you know, Kansas, Texas, um, you know, like that's that's where, uh, like, there are places you could take away a race. Road America, and it's not a thing, oh, we need to keep Road America on, because at the end of the day, to me, um, stock cars are not meant for Road America. You need to have something that has a little bit more grunt and a little bit more downforce, like a Trans Am car, uh, or you need to have a car that's more like a sedan series uh spec sedan type series, like, you know, Michelin Pilot, Michelin Pilot Challenge kind of thing. Uh, NASCAR doesn't work there. NASCAR doesn't know what local yellows are. That's part of it. The fact is they got bailed out because the only cautions they had were the stage cautions. If they didn't have stage breaks, that race would have ran green the whole entire way, which would have been insane, honestly. And if that had happened, then Chase Elliott would have, might have lapped half the field. So... Maybe I guess we should be happy they had stage breaks in this race because it would have been a runaway, um, or who knows what the hell it would have been. At least it would have been organic uh, instead of what they do on road courses. There's no reason to have stage breaks uh, on road courses. Um, it messes with the flow of the race, and because of how long it takes NASCAR to do cautions, it it fucks things up. But um, in the sense of Tyler Reddick going getting that win putting himself smack dab right into the middle of the playoff uh, situation. His uh, spot in terms of overall points, he's typed in points. If you take playoff points into, into uh, play, you put playoff points into it. Uh, there's, what, four guys or five guys, two, three, four, five, that have double-digit uh, playoff points. Um, and those are all the guys I think that have two wins. Yeah, those are all the two win drivers. So Elliot, Logano, Chastain, Logano, Byron, and Hamlin. Uh, Byron and Elliot have the most stage points with Chastain, and then you have Logano and Hamlin, who's twentieth in points. Uh, who's the lowest driver right now in points amongst the drivers that are in. Uh, He's behind guys like Suarez, and uh, there's there's a really good battle. Honestly, Uh, if you take there's only 21 points between Tyler Reddick and Daniel Suarez, and all what is it five? All five of those guys: Reddick, Sindrick, Bush, Kurt Bush, Chase Briscoe, Suarez are all in the playoff at the moment. As it stands right now. Kevin Harvick, who's 11th in points overall, is out of the playoffs, along with Eric Almirola. Um, Christopher Bell, who's 8th in points, uh, is in. So that's something to look at. Uh, Christopher Bell's 20 points ahead of Kevin Harvick right now. Uh, outside of that, it really is, you need to win. It, honestly, I think that, I don't... I honestly think the way things are going right now, you brought up all those racetracks that are coming up. Some of the wild cards, including this weekend, it really 16 winners can happen. Uh, and which would validate their, their format. Um, if we had 12 winners, then that whole entire battle, I just brought up the battle between Reddick, Sindra, Kurt Busch, Briscoe, and Suarez would be its own little mini battle. Uh, talking about going and trying to stay in the top 12, let's say, or whatever, however that would work. Because right now, there's 13 winners and there's 12 drivers. That, it, it, let's just say that there 12. Chase Frisco would only be two points ahead of Daniel Suarez. So then you have Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex, and Christopher Bell, who are all ahead, and you know, Kevin Harvick or whatever, if any of them win, then you're kicking out one of those guys and then you need to win another race. I think that would be more intriguing than, oh, you just win a race and you might have a chance. But, you know, that's how NASCAR wants to do things. You need to have 16 drivers in the in the playoff. But I think that would be even more intriguing in its own right. Um, you know, you do eight in trucks, 10 in Xfinity, and 12 in cup and I think that would be a proper playoff. Um, Other playoff formats, I mean, NFL and MLB are expanding out, so they're already joining what NASCAR does. Um, I think the golf PGA is actually going the other way, uh, in large part because of Liv, but, you know, something for another day, I guess the playoff discussion probably can have Joe or some of our other former guests that we've had on here. Uh, We'll bring up the uh, Henry... 180 which saw Keebler Gibbs uh, go and get the win he led five laps he passed the defending cup series champion Kyle Larson to get the victory and um, big win for him third win of the year for him Ty Gibbs Kyle Larson for Hendrick Motorsports wins both stages and um, goes and uh, still finishes second Josh Berry finishes third Uh, Austin Hill, fourth. Bruckshot Jones, fifth. A.J. Allmendinger from dead last finishes sixth. Riley Herp, seventh. Noah Gagson, who we'll talk about in a moment. Nath. Jeremy Clements, ninth. Brian Sieg, in tenth. Um, Honorable mention to Preston Partis, who finished 11th. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to see who else kind of had stage points. I mean, Jeremy Clements had a good day. There's some people who got stage points in one stage. Uh, Cole Custer got... Uh, stage points in both stages and then got involved in the big wreck i believe or some wreck um he was driving the 07 car so he drove it better than joe graf would uh joe graf ended up starting parking with uh brake issues um so did ty dylan driving for jd motorsports will rogers start and parked as well so i mean i guess it's hard to say that you start and park after you run 13 or 17 laps but Really, that's what it is. Um, Yeah, so the Xfinity Series, Ty Gibbs, Keebler Gibbs goes and gets uh, another victory to go and put himself, uh, give himself a nice little cushion in regards to playoff points. Right now, he's only nine points behind A.J. Allmendinger overall, and he has an 11-point gap at the moment uh, on playoff points with his fourth win of the year. I thought it was third as fourth uh, win of the year. Uh, the top five, it's very uh, top heavy the way the points are right now. Top four are separated by 39 points Um top five separated by 74. Um, after that, once you get past that, it's kind of pretty mediocre. Landing Castle fell out of the race and he's still 72 points ahead of Anthony Alfredo, who, fell out of the race, got involved in a wreck. Moffat got involved in a wreck. Uh, uh, Brandon Brown got destroyed. Um, yeah, I mean, Keebler goes and uh, talk about him going to Cup. I mean, they basically announced that he wasn't going to Cup next year a few months ago, and um, he kind of went into a dry, he went into a cold streak. And then um, they announced Martin Truex is coming back, and um, – Gets out of hibernation and goes and beats Kyle Larson of all fucking people. Uh, that was a, I mean, honest to God, the fact he passed him clean shocked me. I didn't expect him to pass Kyle Larson clean, uh, but he did it. And now, I mean, he reinserts himself as a de facto title favorite. Um, because he's won more than anybody else so far this year. Um, four races so far in sixteen. He's won um, nine times or eight times or nine times in his career in his very short career, no less. Um, guy is likely going to be in a Gibbs car in twenty twenty four. Now, which one that is? Likely the nineteen car, but um or the twenty. But either way, the guy is um, setting himself up for a pretty good future, Josh. Um, and doing what he did on Saturday would accelerate that process forward and make it look good for. Um, I- instead of it just being nepotism.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this uh, race here with Ty Gibbs winning is a, a very clutch victory for Ty Gibbs. He was able to go out and uh, steal the win, really, from Kyle Larson uh, I think this was probably a race that Kyle Larson should have won. I think he, you know, he led throughout the entire event, led 31 laps and, uh, had a great move that looked like would be the move for the win on the next to last restart, making a three wide move, taking the lead in, uh, turn one on, on new tires compared to what the leaders had who didn't pit at that time. And it was looking like it was his race. And then, uh, Cole Custer goes and, uh, crashes out of the race, loses the brakes, and uh, ends up stalled in uh, turn five. So the all out again. And uh, this time around, uh, Ty Gibbs is able to keep up with him uh, throughout the entire uh, first lap and he was able to you know, make the pass on uh, Kyle Larson. And, and he was able to do it cleanly. I mean, there's uh, times when it looked like he would try to get up to the bumper and try to uh, pass him, but he waited for the right opportunity for Larson to slip up. Larson had it issue coming off the final corner on, on the next to the last lap, uh, you know, he slid, didn't make the apex, uh, right. And, uh, it was really loose off the corner, didn't have the right line. And, uh, Ty Gibbs is able to go out and, uh, pass him for the lead in the next corner. So, uh, it was a, you know, really interesting, uh, way to end the race. And, uh, you know, we kind of seen that from Kyle Larson before where sometimes he has races where he's in the lead and then, uh, the car slips up or it doesn't have quite the right handling and, uh, the race goes away from him and, uh, loses Lee at, at, the, at the very end. And we saw this last year in the cup series, uh, at Atlanta versus Ryan Blaney, uh, dealing with the loose car towards the end and kind of the same deal here. Uh, just couldn't have the, the right corner exit corner entry for, uh, uh, Larson there. And so, uh, loses the lead to Ty Gibbs and Ty is able to take it away and, uh, adds fourth victory for the year. So, um, clearly the best guy in the, in the, uh, Xfinity series right now. And I, I think, uh, for the rest of the series, the rest of the competitors, um, you know, they got to be able to stack up wins against him because he's going to have a big advantage when it comes to the, uh, playoff standings. Uh, when, once they reseed, obviously has the most playoff points right now. So, uh, it's going to be a challenge for the rest of the field to be able to go out and, uh, match the amount of playoff points that Ty Gibbs has currently right now. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, I think, uh, AJ Almond, probably, he's got to, you know, find a way to get more speed currently. He's still the points leader overall, but still, uh, you, you know, I think the momentum sliding away from, uh, him in terms of, uh, keeping the points lead. Uh, looks like it's probably going to trend towards, uh, Ty Gibbs as we go move on later here. Uh, into the season before the playoffs. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, definitely a, a interesting development here with uh, the uh, playoff seating. Yeah, like you said, with top-heavy series right now. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And uh, I think, you know, you mentioned the big wreck with Gregson and with uh, Sage Karam. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a big no-no there. I mean, I, you know, people are talking about Sage, ran him off the road. Three times, and you know Sage has been you know an aggressive driver uh, in the past. You know we've seen him in IndyCar. You remember go back to 2015 with uh, his rookie year there at Chip Ganassi. and uh, remember at Iowa where he was racing pretty hard with Ed Carpenter. Ed Carpenter gave him the finger at 200 miles an hour going down the straight, uh, at Iowa. it's uh, one of my favorite memories in recent years, the Indy car racing, but you know, he's been there where, you know, he's kind of that aggressive guy and maybe people didn't really like him, but you know, he's also had a lot of pretty down moments of course, with, uh, you know, uh, the incident that ended up leading to Justin Wilson's death and everything. So, uh, you know, all of that stuff has history and with, Stage terms. he's not really a completely aggressive driver is what i'm trying to say and you know i think um what noah gregson did was you know, pretty pretty uncalled for there and you know you you never um right hook a guy down the straight or you left hook a guy in this uh case uh you know that's not something you do down a straight and you did that and cost a lot of people uh their race cost brandon brown maybe the family jewels for the day or whatever um of course um you know that's a painful moment there getting out of the car and being able to do that. So, uh, we'll see. I mean, I think NASCAR, you know, they didn't do anything for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, I guess cause he's you Noah know, Gregson or whatever, but although, uh, apparently did, they did talk to him in the hauler after the race or, or sometime this week and apparently he didn't take, uh, take it well. So we'll see, uh, what that means going forward. So, uh, big no, no from, uh, Gregson there. And, you know, definitely, you know, Sage Karam. uh, you know, he spoke the truth uh, in his post-race interview there or post-rec interview there on, on Sunday, on Saturday. So, uh, liked what he had to say. I mean, he was fairly honest and calm and measured in his, uh, assessment of Noah Gregson. you know, didn't, didn't use any, you know, personal tactics or whatever. He just flat out told the truth uh, about how he felt. So, you know, really, really liked that analysis from Sage Karim. You know, that's a great way to describe everything that, you know, his experience racing against uh, Noah Gragson in that, that event. And, um, you know, pretty much sums up, I think how the rest of the garage probably feels about Noah Gragson. So, you know, we'll see if he's got it coming here uh, later in the year.
0: Yeah, that the, the, his actions and the fact that there hasn't been real, you know, comments or there wasn't a part, he didn't get parked. Um, Tony got parked for less. Um, Kurt Busch has been parked for less. Kyle Busch, I mean, Kyle Busch went and right-reared Ron Hornady while he was in a battle for a Truck Series championship, and then, you know, he tried to end himself, but because he's Kyle Busch, he got away with it. Um, You know, there, there are people... Kevin Harvick went and turned Coy Gibbs and then got suspended. What Noah Gregson does on a regular basis, and Ty Gibbs to an extent as well, what some of these guys do... It's not only dangerous. It's, it's, it's borderline, you know, like you're, you're doing, you're doing shit that could be leveled up pretty big. The guy's an asshole. He's a cocksucker. His dad's a murderer. He, um, thinks he's God's gift to racing just like Max Verstappen. He's got this, this ego on him. Um, he, he's a freaking, um, what are the, what are the republic What are their talking points oh you're a groomer he's a groomer you know he's into freaking little girls and, and and shit like that and he's like retarded i mean he literally it's bad to use that word the guy is retarded if the guy couldn't drive a god dang race car he'd be working he would need a job coach, and I can say that since I am one. He would need a job coach to go and get him a job to go and work at the freaking Tilt-A-World or whatever, or work at a at a Walmart, Wally World, or a freaking supermarket or whatever. That's that's what he is. The guy's a fucking dumbass, and, and his stupid fans, the same way as the people, same people who go and apologize for Larson, same people who apologize for Max for Stopping, They apologize, oh, he's not daddy's money anymore. He doesn't use his dad's sponsor. How the hell do you think the guy got all those sponsors? Because he's been there for 100 years. You look at every driver that's been in that nine car, they didn't spend more than two years in that freaking car. You know why? Because they won a fucking championship. What the hell has Noah Gregson done? He's been in that car. He's wrecked a lot of shit. Now he just sits around. Oh, I win a race here. And there. Oh, I'm so great. I got a mullet. I'll walk around with no with my uniform down. and I'll show my bare chest because I, I want I want to go and may do it for you know Republican congressmen and senators because that's what they're into. And it's like you know you're an arrogant prick. You drive like an asshole every time you jump in a cup car. You wreck. And if you don't wreck, something always happens. You're, you're, you're fucking putts and, and you drive like a dick and you destroyed, I mean, whatever, let's go for all the idiot sticks that love that saying you destroyed Brandon Brown's race car and he had to probably go to the hospital, whatever. You destroyed other race cars of other maggot moron type people too. You're destroying race cars of people who don't have the equipment the money and support that Junior Motorsports does, because you just decided you had to have a rage, mo- you had to have roid rage like Carl Edwards, and you wreck Sage Karam, and then he he wants to be big Billy Bad Butt and go and say, well, he started it, so I ended it. You max for stop in turn one and didn't even give him a chance to go and and make the corner, so he goes and gets underneath you. He does an over under. Because Sage Karam knows how to drive a goddamn race car, and he's learning how to drive a stock car too. He gave Alpha Prime one of the best runs they've had all year. Alpha Prime has struggled most of this year. Those two cars were running really, really well, and in one fell swoop, he destroyed both of them. It's like, dude, you're—I mean, at some, the Dale Junior can't say anything. He's fundamentally gotten to the point where he will not say a word about noah gregson that's how bad it is because not only because of his conflicts of interest with tv the conflicts of interest knowing that the guy's an asshole but he can't say anything on his podcast or whatever like he has so many conflicts of interest he cannot handle this and kelly can't do anything about it davis's stupid ass can't do anything about it they have there's nothing it's 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 like bad out of hell it's like the truck series with all the idiots that drive in there, all the daddy's money douchebags like Gagson that have a similar amount of talent. And they run over everybody. My hope is that once we get to the playoffs, if he isn't getting sent every week into the wall, that somebody just punches him right in the face at Bristol. Just kick him in the balls, power bomb him, something. I don't care. Somebody does a Ric Flair run in and hits him with a chair. Anything. I don't care. Baseball bat, him right in the midsection, hit him in the nuts. It doesn't really matter. The guy needs to get humbled. Uh, It's the same thing with Ty Gibbs. Even though he's like four foot tall, he's like Eric the Midget, except his grandfather is a freaking three-time Super Bowl winning head coach. Um, You know, like Sam Mayer kind of drives the same way, but he's a putz and his dad was a shitty IndyCar racer or IRL racer. You know, like there's all these guys that suck. Or do sucky things. At some point, somebody's going to have to hit you. Tony Stewart got his ass kicked. You know, all these guys got their ass kicked. At some point, these guys have to get their ass kicked. Noah Gregson has not gotten his ass kicked by somebody. Because he's a freaking mongoloid. He's he's a January sixter. So the point is he he'll go out there, oh I'm i tough. Oh, I'll go murder other people, I'll do all the shit. Oh my daddy's some great guy, I got a lot of money. Like if you like this motherfucker would work at a freaking Bob's big boy if he if he wasn't a fucking ra- if his dad didn't have all this money and he wasn't a race car driver. He'd be a freaking he'd be he'd be stocking shelves somewhere. It's the same thing as Kyle Larson, that dumb motherfucker. If he, if he didn't know how to drive a race car to the level of like Steve Kinzer, he'd be working the fricking, um, Elk Grove, California tilt the world at their County fair. Cause he's, he's a moron too. I'm so sick and tired of Noah Gregson. It pisses Noah Gregson, just his stupid fucking face and his obnoxious personality acting like he's, he deserves to be there and run over people like somebody just needs to wall him every week i don't care what team it, it is
1: hence and logano
0: yeah just go just like tell Carlong, long take one of your cellar dwellers or tell jd motorsport put one of the take take that dumbass jesse awoji that fucking loser if he's in the car and just tell him to go and hook him the way he hooked ty gibbs at portland go and hook him that would be a benefit to society,
1: you know, just like uh, uh, Jeff Gordon and Clint Boyer 2012 at Phoenix.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. And then and then have and then go and call a wrestler and call some sort of wrestler and go and power bomb the son of a bitch through a table, a flaming table. That's because it is WWE. That's all this bullshit. So at the end of the day, you know what? Let's go and set up some tables, set set up some chairs, get Rutledge to go and announce it, get all hard off of it. And go and get Noah Gregson to piss somebody off. Put him through a fucking flaming table and leave him there like a little bitch. Fuck that cocksucker. I'm sick of him. I'm so sick and tired of his bullshit. Like he's some big time deal. He's a fucking loser. He's a waste of a seat. He's going to waste a seat and cup if he gets the seat that we're thinking he's going to get next year. Um, but yeah, we're probably going to end up having to do a second show the way this is going. Um, because we're not even... A, We've only gotten to uh, I don't know how long you said eight fifty, right? But um, yeah, we started this yeah eight forty, so we're nine yeah an hour and twenty. All right, let's get an indie car. Scott McLaughlin gets his third win of twenty twenty two in at Mid Ohio, Uh, big uh, deal for him. It's been a rough. Uh, He won the first race of the year. At um at uh, St. Petersburg, I said second third win of the year, second win of the year, my fault. He I I'm I'm thinking he won the race at Texas. He won the pole and led and lost it on the last lap. Uh Scott McLaughlin won his second race of uh 2022, ninth uh, race out of seventeen this year. Uh the Honda uh, Grand Prix of Ohio, Honda Indy two hundred. Uh, Sees him lead 45 laps. Uh, Pato Award led early and then had mechanical problems, which essentially um, uh, sent him back after qualifying on pole. Would have been a huge win for Pato Award to go and get that victory in regards to the points. His teammate Felix Rosenquist fell out even further back than that. Um, Kyle Kirkwood had mechanical and crash issues. After starting in the top 10, Cal Nylot started in the top 10 out of mechanical issues. So three Chevys fell out within six laps, uh, including Pato Award, which, you know, in his battle for the points, uh, likely would have gained a huge amount of points, gotten himself right in the mix with Erickson Power, Newgarden. Instead, he's 65 points back in fifth, two points ahead of McLaughlin, or two points out of Dixon and four points out of Scott McLaughlin, who wins his second race of the year, only his third podium, Uh, first two races. So his first podium since the Texas race, Um, you know, uh, it's been a baptism by fire for Scott McLaughlin, a rough year last year, Josh learning after being a multiple time supercars champion this year, first two races were great. Ever since then, it's been bad. Qualified well on Saturday to get to second and um, benefited from Pato Award's misfortune to um, add to his total league uh, leading total of uh, laps led. And now he's theoretically still in this points race. Uh, They always say if you're inside of 100 points, you're in it. Um, There's only eight drivers. I can say that at the moment. Uh, in the point standings, but he's in a little battle within Dixon and Rossi, and then you're you got the rest of the guys over there. Uh, all the drivers outside of Colton Herta, of course, who's won uh, the first Indy Road Course race. He's in tenth. He's uh, hundred nine points out. Um, we're going to get into Andretti Autosport here shortly, but Josh uh, McLaughlin goes and gets the win over Alex Palou. And um, Will Power, his team, McLaughlin's teammate, who came back from 21st. Renas VK, who's big in free agency at the moment, uh, finishes fourth. Scott Dixon finishes fifth at one of his best racetracks. Marcus Erickson, the points leader, finishes sixth uh, ahead of Newgarden. Elio Castro-Neves. David Malukas started eighth, finished ninth. Simon Pagano started sixth, finished tenth. So, um, that brings up your top 10, the, uh, uh, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan cars, uh, start bringing up the second 10 there, but yeah, I mean, McLaughlin goes and kind of reinserts himself back into this, uh, points battle, um, gives himself a chance to possibly make something happen in this, um, championship. If he can get more momentum going into Toronto and, uh, some of the other races that will be coming up here, uh, the Iowa Double, that will be coming up as well. Um, yeah, Iowa Double. Once they start the um, Toronto uh, deal, they're going to be racing every week. They're going to run two races at Iowa, run Toronto, they're going to run two races at Iowa, the Iowa, uh, Indianapolis, the Indy GP Part 2, and then the Nashville Street Course uh, before – there's a gap for the two weeks before Gateway and then a couple weeks uh, before uh, Portland and Laguna Seca to end the season. So huge time to go and show up and get that victory, Josh, uh, by Scott McLaughlin and the Penske team uh, to go and emphasize three out of the top seven are all Penske cars. Um, they're going to stay with three cars next year uh, because it seems like things have went a little better for them. And they also have the Porsche program, so they're going to have to commit a lot of um, resources to that. But McLaughlin gets the win at the expense of Pato Award. Uh, Chevys get both sides of it. You get the good and the bad. For Chevrolet uh, at Mid-Ohio, uh, at Honda's house, um, Chevrolet goes and gets the win.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a, for Scott McLaughlin, it's been a... You know up and down season you know, started out high with winning at uh st petersburg and you know, led most of the texas and uh came up short to his teammate Joseph new and since then it's been uh kind of a down downward trend for scott mclaughlin um you know the long beach grand prix after that was kind of a disappointment and then kind of after that hasn't really shown uh too much uh in the results category but finally uh has a good race here at mid ohio and qualified second led 45 laps and uh won the race pretty easily uh i think the only thing standing between him and victory was um pato award who of course had engine failure of course uh they had reliability issues in the mclaren camp him and uh, felix rosenquist both having engine issues uh at the beginning of the race so i think uh you know if it weren't for that probably would have been a tougher challenge there for scott mcgloffin but he goes out and wins this race and pretty much i think you know he's only gone up to uh seventh in the championship uh, right now uh so it's a uh, still a long way to go 69 points out of the lead but it does you know put him back into the mix uh as far as uh, championship contention, you know, I think um, Scott Dixon and, and him are you know kind of in that category of and Alex Rossi kind of in that category of guys who can still have a shot at the championship, uh, theoretically, mathematically uh, speaking, whatever you want to call it. So I uh, definitely think that, you know, they're going to be uh, guys that we could talk about later in the year if they can uh, get on a uh Consistency streak and uh, finish, you know, in the podium or near the podium level. So we'll have to see how that uh, plays out as we progress uh, here into the summer and the final stretch of the year for uh, the IndyCar series. Um, I think, you know, for other drivers in this field, you know, Will Power uh, finished in third. uh, Started off in the race, uh, you know, spun out on the first lap and managed to, you know, recover and get going, but from there it was going to be a a challenge to you know get back up into the um top 10 back into the you know the podium and he was able to do that and we haven't really seen this type of racing from uh willpower in a long time uh and could be could be something later in the year uh especially him being in second place right now uh to marcus erickson so uh look out you know later in the year willpower kind of kind of going on a little bit of a um under the radar type of run here especially uh with uh, him haven't winning hasn't won a race or well he has won one race this year of course uh but uh hasn't really you know had a flashy season like joseph newgarden or you know somebody like marcus Eriksson. so uh you know we'll see what happens uh later in the year if uh will power is able to maybe get another win or two, and i uh, think that would really shake things up in the championship here uh going forward and then uh i think uh, you know another guy to talk about is you know Rina's vk uh, of course, uh, went from 11th to 4th uh, there and had a, a good run uh, in this race. Had a 2-for-1 special pass uh, late in the going. Uh, one of the highlights that IndyCar is showing right now on uh, social media. I think uh, NBC is also displaying that one. So uh, really good moves there for uh, Renus VK. Um, even, even guys like Jimmy Johnson, Actually, I think it's probably his best finish uh, on a road course uh, on the lead lap uh, so far. So, uh, of course, I uh, had to uh, go through some attrition, of course, with McLaren, both, uh, you know, to the, you know, all AJ Foyt racing basically out of it. So uh, some cars that maybe would have normally finished in front of him uh, didn't finish or, or uh, ran behind him the whole way. So uh, opportunity there for Jimmy to capitalize and he was able to get a P16 there. Um, you know, I think uh, the other aspect of this race we had to talk about is the injury auto sport. Of course, like we said earlier in the show, they're seemingly uh, falling apart at the seams seems like uh with uh, Alexander Rossi and Roman Grosjean got uh into it in the keyhole uh in late in the going at Mid-Ohio and happened on basically two consecutive laps and then uh eventually led to a yellow with uh Roman Grosjean getting run off the road and uh not being able to refire his car uh there so it's um a little bit of testy waters here for Andretti. I'm sure they're probably going to have a come to Jesus meeting this week with all the team. Uh, cause it wasn't just him, uh, Colton Herta also got into it as well. So, uh, and uh, with, with, uh, Grosjean and, uh, then Rossi got into it with Devlin Francesco. So it's a, uh, you know, t- troubling times, I guess, right now for Andretti. And we'll see, uh, you know, if they're able to kind of calm the, you know, the peace right now, uh, and calm everybody down and uh regroup uh for the next race here in toronto in two weeks uh and you know it's definitely the owner's worst nightmare when your two team cars get into it and then it's a really bad day when everybody gets into it with everybody so uh not really good for andretti right now but you know i'm sure uh they'll recover and you know hopefully there's not too much tension because you know i think especially for Alexander Rossi, you know, leaving the team and going to McLaren, don't really want to, uh, leave it with, uh, bridges burned, of course. And, uh, you want to ma- maintain those relationships, um, not only professionally, but also personally. So, uh, you know, want to be able to, uh, leave on a good note, uh, in terms of respect, uh, with the team. So yeah, definitely a, a bad time for Andretti, but you know, it was a very entertaining race, uh, throughout, um, thought you know maybe Alex Pelo could have uh, gotten up there to uh, Scott McLaughlin but you know Scott was able to uh, defend his position uh, I think uh, you know he was able to use the push to pass to defend and then uh, Pelo just uh, didn't have quite uh, the pace that he needed at the end and plus I think he burned up his tires and he used up too much of his push to pass uh, there at the end so wasn't Quite able to you know get up alongside of uh, Scott McLaughlin there, but still able to press him there for the win at the very end of the race. So uh, great racing throughout. Uh, you know, it was a great IndyCar race as usual for uh, this series, and definitely you know, a lot of action that happened uh, throughout the field.
0: Yeah, I mean the whole R.G. Bargey, as uh, the great Calvin Fish would say, uh, between Andretti Autosport. I mean, Colton Herter ran off the track. Alexander Rossi and uh, Roman Grosjean hit everything but the lottery. Uh, It was not a good look. Um, Michael Andretti was raging so much he called the team meeting. And um, they interviewed – I think they interviewed Rossi, but they couldn't interview Grosjean because Grosjean walked off in a rage quit.
1: Um, He did walk off, but he was about to say – uh, something and then uh the PR girl pulled them over person said, yeah yeah
0: because I'll tell you what um andretti Autosport got some problems uh you got you got Colton Herta. who they're already anointing him he's going to formula one even though andretti autosport they don't want andretti Autosport in formula one and when you consider what Andretti Autosports has been doing in recent years, and Motorsports, you'd probably say it's probably not the best idea to be going to Formula 1. Um, yeah, The fact is their team has kind of taken a downturn. Um, they don't have a veteran presence after Rossi leaves, uh, in a sense. I mean, Colton would essentially be that veteran guy, but he's younger than all the other guys. Um, Kyle Kirkwood's coming in to take over the 27 car. Um, De Francesco's a waste of a seat. And then you have Grosjean, who is theoretically the most popular driver, but, um, is definitely not popular amongst the drivers, um, because of his, um, tactics, which I mean, to be fair, are the similar tactics he had in formula one and pissed off a lot of people there too. Um, so yeah, seeing all that going on in that race was amazing i'm like wow these guys are just running each other off the track and it's bad luck and michael andretti it's it's not something you can you you need to handle that off the track and by the time we get to toronto next week and we'll preview it on episode 123 i'm sure that they'll be all singing kumbaya and the whole bit Um, but it's not a good look for Andretti Autosport at the moment. Uh, I do agree with um, Josh was talking about in regards to Pello. Pello is quietly there. Penske guys, you have you have the New Garden who's been the best driver generally through the entire season. But there hasn't been one driver that. See, I can't say that there hasn't been one driver that's been good through the entire season. There's been moments for certain people. Um, wrote, uh, uh, Erickson wins Indy and has kind of carried that momentum. Uh, new gardens, won more race than anybody. Power has been great in qualifying for a good part of the season, but recently hasn't been, uh, and he shows why, you know, he's one of the better drivers have been in an Indy car, but Polo is just quietly sneaking in there. He's doing like Alex Polo. Honestly, like you think about how. Every, like scott dixon's the ice man and he won all those championships and he's, he's got terry labani vibes scott dixon but i see terry labani vibes with alex Pelot. the way he's just going and getting those podium finishes getting those points there's terry labani vibes going on with alex Pelot here um uh, maybe we have to make the comparison to fred Alonso or or whoever, some Spanish rider in motorcycles, or maybe we make the comparison to Carlos Sainz. I don't know. There is something about Alex Pelot, the way he's able to make the most out of a situation, where if he can get that win, let's just say he goes and puts one together at Toronto and goes and gets that win in the um, Honda Grand Prix of Toronto, you're going to flip this championship on its lid. The defending series champions right back in it. His teammate, one of his teammates is up there. Of course, Dixon's back there, too. And then you have all three Penske guys there with Pat O'Ward. Um, they're outnumbered, but I would say I would go and take the defending champion and his team over uh, anybody else. Um, Dario Franky proved that. Well, he won three of his four championships and won two of his three Indy 500s and probably would have kept on winning championships in the Indy 500s if he hadn't gotten seriously injured. Um, at Houston years ago, uh, let's go into the, uh, GSP roundup, uh, this week, starting with SRX, the Stafford motor speedway, uh, race saw Ryan Newman win his first race since, uh, Phoenix in 2017, I think, um, over Marco Andretti, Paul Tracy getting a top three finish in an SRX race, which is Something. Tony Stewart and Bobby Labani were the top five. Uh Haley Deegan, who had the pole in the first Heat race, finished sixth. Hunter Ray seventh. Matt Hirschman was the uh all-star, finished eighth. Justin Marks making a guest appearance, uh, finished ninth. Greg Biffle 10th. Awesome Bill from Dawsonville 11th and Michael Waltrip finished dead last. The points going into uh the next race see uh ryan newman in the points lead um thanks to toby christie uh so tobychristie.com for this so i was looking for this um brian newman has an 11 point lead on tony stewart 12 point lead on both bobby labani and marco andretti so a four driver race at the moment to a lesser extent, Greg Biffle still in at 26 points back in fifth. As we go to Nashville Fairgrounds this coming weekend, um, Tony Kanaan is ahead of Ryan Hunter Ray, Paul Tracy, and Michael Waltrip, who have ran three races while Tony Kanaan's only run two. He, this is the one race he was going to miss. So Tony Kanaan is sort of in this battle, too, to a lesser extent as well. Um, cause he's run well, he's led 44 laps so far this year. Um, I don't know what, what does INC mean? I don't know what the heck that is.
1: Um, incomplete maybe.
0: Well, I mean, Marco has won. Greg Biffle has won. Ryan Hunter Ray. Okay. Well, maybe it's, oh, well, Paul Tracy is the most, so maybe it's the most times he hasn't finished, uh, it's incomplete for incomplete relative to number of, um, heats and all that so we'll uh see them at national fairgrounds this weekend last paved race they're gonna have before they go to um Peevely, missouri and sharon speedway to end the um end the 2022 season um on the srx series and then um we'll get an f f2, f2 f3 and w series um this uh week or this past weekend in F2 the um, big news uh Logan Sargent qualified on pole for the races at uh Silverstone uh, over Frederick vesti and points leader Felipe drogovich teo pocher Liam Lawson rounds out the top five but uh in race one Jack Dewin gets his first F2 win over Iwasa Enzo fittipaldi Teo Pocher and Felipe Drugovich. Uh, round out your top five. Logan Sargent finishes seventh. Jahan Daruvula from 10th gets to eighth and gets the pole for um, race two. I'm going to go through all that. Then in race two, Logan Sargent gets his first career F2 victory. Uh first win for an American, as I said, in this category since Alexander Rossi in twenty fifteen. Wins over Teo Pocher, Liam Lawson Drogovic, Frederick Vesti was your top five. Daruvula finishes seventh. Um, the standings going into this weekend's race. Uh Pocher is forty-two points back in second from Felipe Drogovic. And uh, Logan Sargent gets takes over. Third place in points eight points ahead of Jahan deruvla, liam Lawson, Jack Dewin, Marcus Armstrong, Yuri Vips are all tied on the same amount of points with fifty nine um, Lawson and Armstrong have scored in every round this year. Uh, Vips has missed one round or didn't score in one round. Jack Dewin has not scored in two rounds, so interesting battle from fifth. Through eleventh is only separated by five points. So that's something that we have to look at or people have to look at between those drivers, Lawson doing Armstrong Vips, who's been fired, of course. So he or he he got rehired or whatever, but you know, his situation ain't stable. Enzo Fittipaldi, Dennis Hauger, Frederick Vesti um making up the rest of that deal there. In Formula Three, the results. Going into qualifying, uh, Zach O'Sullivan, another uh, Williams development driver, qualified on over Artur LeClaire and Zane Maloney. Uh, American Jack Crawford started fifth. Kaelin Frederick, seventh. Cushminey, the Indian driver, is tenth. Reese Ushijima was twelfth, which will make a difference here in just a moment. Since he ended up going and finishing third, in the first race, uh, F3 race, Isaac Hajar gets the win over Victor Martins and Ushijima. Miney fourth, Frederick fifth, uh, Jack Crawford uh, finished 10th, Hunter Yaney another American 16th, Juan Manuel Correa 21st, and then there's other people there, whatever, I don't know who they are. In race two, Artur Leclaire won over Zach O'Sullivan, Oliver Bierman finished third, uh, Kayo Collette fourth Isaac Hadjar fifth Jack Crawford sixth Martins Edgar Vidalis Ushijima tenth Kalen Frederick finished twelfth uh, The standings going into this weekend in Austria See Victor Martins up by six points over Arthur Leclerc um, Nine points over Isaac Hadjar Fifteen points over Roman Stanek And seventeen over Jack Crawford so, um, thumbed in to see. Ken Jack Crawford finally go and get a win, put himself up there, give himself a chance because this points battle is still pretty close. Frederick is eleventh, uh, Correa is thirteenth, Miney's fourteenth in regards to other guys. Uh, Yaney doesn't have any points. There's only twenty-two guys that have scored a point so far this year. There's been thirty-six drivers, so something to look at. In regards to Formula Three or F three W series, uh, it's a broken record. Um, Jamie Chadwick made some really fucked up comments uh, this past week about you know trans rights or trans uh, people in sports. Even though she drives her trans person in sports and other things, she goes and gets the win by nineteen point five. Seconds over Emma Kimmelainen. Abby Pulling rounds out the podium. Uh, Chloe Chambers finished 13th. Um, just trying to go through whatever there. The standings, she's got a perfect 100 points. Um, so far, 49-point lead on Abby Pulling. 60-point lead on Emma Uh Betskay Visser and Alice Powell round out the top five. Chloe Chambers has seven points from the initial doubleheader at uh, Miami, uh, which has her tied for 12th in points with Sarah Moore. So we'll see if she can go and progress on that when they come back in um, Paul Ricard and Hungary um, in a few weeks time for a back-to-back trying to go and get themselves there before the um, break that they'll have. In, uh, in W Series, uh, until their, um, race in Japan at, um, suzuka Uh, getting into IMSA racing here, uh, they, the IMSA Series ran a Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, Ron Fellows Raceway, Mossport Park. They ran, uh, last week, the Chevy Grand Prix, um, there in, uh, Mossport saw the um one team of Chip Ganassi and Cadillac win at uh, Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. Um, Le Mans Prototype 3, that's not what I wanted to see. Uh, that was Colin Brown, that's not shocking. race uh, Class, oh, there you go. It should be that. Sports car Chevy sports car Grand Prix session race is DPI Ringer van der Zande over. There you go. That's what I wanted. Ringer van der Zande and Sebastian Bourdais over the pole sitting Tom Blomkis and Oliver Jarvis by 3.509 seconds. Uh Cadillac over Acura, Pippo Durrani, Olivier Pla round out the podium and wheel and engineering Cadillac. Um, All the cars finish on the lead lap. LMP3, uh, Colin Brown, John Bennett uh, finish eight laps behind, but they win over Gabby Chavez, Jared Andretti, and the number 36. And then Garrett Grist, Ari Baloo, JR3, racing on number 30, round out the podium. The um, GT Pro category sees Matt Campbell and Matthew Jaminet for FAF, uh motorsports Porsche win over the Corvette of Antonio Garcia and Jordan Taylor and Ross Gunn and Alex Ribera's harder racing Aston Martin though the um GTD uh, uh teammate Maxime Martin Roman De Angelis wins the GTD category over uh Philip Ellis Russell warden and Winward Racing Mercedes and then Aiden Reed and Ryan Eversley uh, in the Rickwear Racing Acura, there. So um, that was the uh, result. The next race will be at uh, Lime Rock Park here in a um, few weeks' time. Um, trying to go and bring that up. See, that'll be next week. We'll preview that on the GSP. For IMSA, we'll go to Formula E here. Um, the results. There's news there, the New York race might get moved. Uh, that'll be coming up next week, but next year's race is probably going to get moved um, elsewhere to be determined. Eduardo Mortara wins by 2.297 seconds over Antonio Felix DaCosta and Mitch Evans. Rounds out the podium. The Techita team gets second and fourth. De Degrassi, Mortara's teammate, finishes fifth. Defending world champion Nick DeVries is sixth. Uh, Jake Dennis for Andretti Autosports, 7th. Oliver Askew finished 11th, so good for him on that. Um, Oliver Rowland uh, gets a point. Okay, yeah. Uh Yeah, Oliver Rowland was last point there for Mahindra in the race. Uh, the standings going to the New York Epre next uh, week. Sees Mortara after taking his third win of the year. Uh, takes an 11-point lead. Over Jean Eric Verne and a 14 point lead on Stoffel Van Dorn. Six was a 15 point lead on Mitch Evans. So it's a four horse race there um, in regards to the championship. Jean Eric Verne has scored in every round this year. Stoffel Van Dorn has scored in all but one. Mitch Evans and Mortara have missed out on two races, but Mitch Evans has won three times as well, like um, Eduardo Mortara. Um, getting into Jean Eric Verne has not won a race this year, but he's been uber consistent, finishing in the top four uh, most of the year. Stoffel Van Dorn has one win, uh, so it's kind of interesting how he's in that spot. Uh, we'll get the Extreme and Sardinia. They're going to have a doubleheader uh, this uh, coming weekend uh, with Extreme, uh, so go and bring that up. Point standings, see whatever Rosberg's team leading uh, the points championship at the moment um, by 12 points over the uh, Spanish duo of Sands and Sainz. So we'll see what they can do there. And then the X44 team, Lewis Hamilton's team, is 15 points back with Gutierrez and Sebastian Loeb. Uh, Ganassi's team with sarah price sexy sarah price and kyle LeDuke are fourth and emma gilmore tanner faust for mclaren are fifth so they'll be racing these two races before we get to the um copper Expri uh yeah you got sardinia then yeah, you had saudi arabia yeah you know uh, scroll to explore what is that i can't even scroll this to the point where... Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. So then they'll be racing in Chile uh, in September, end of September. And then the last race will be in no, end of November around Thanksgiving time in Uruguay. So two races. This is where the championship could be. Uh, a lot of what the championship is going to be could be determined here in the spot with these two races, starting with the race... Um, tomorrow and uh tomorrow on wednesday the 6th and thursday the 7th and then they'll have a day off then the 9th and the 10th uh for the second race so a lot of things can be determined in these um few races uh wec championship 2022 that's exactly what i want fia wec going into uh monza for the six hours uh, you have six hours of Monza, more about this race, bring that up, Lemon turns, blah, 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 participants, three, eight cars in this race. As I mentioned, um, of course there'll be six cars in this class. You'll have the two Toyotas, the Alpine, um, the eight, I think it was the, um, yeah, it was the eight car that won the, um, 24 hours of Le Mans. And then you have the seven car, Mike Conway, Komuya Kobayashi, Ozi Maria Lopez in the seven, Sebastian Boemi, Brendan Hartley, both Red Bull juniors, uh, previously in Rio Hirakawa in the eight, uh, Negrao, Lapierre, Vaxvier in the 36. Peugeot makes their debut in the hypercar category. Uh, Duresta, Mikkel Jensen, John Eric Verne in the 93, Loic Duval. Gustavo Menezes, the American, and James Rossiter uh, drive the number ninety-four. Then the Glickenhaus seven hundred eight, uh, American-based team, uh, Olivier Pla, Roman Dumas, and uh, Pippo Durrani make up the um, driver lineup there. Um, and it's like they should. This website blows. And it really does blow. Um, it should go and give you an entry list or something. Classification, whatever. There you go. Classification. Ugh. The points right now going into, uh, this race, the six hours of Monza, uh, sees, uh, the, uh, 38, um, Alpine team in the lead over, um, not 38. I don't know what the hell number they are. Um, but it says, uh, that was from the points they had there. So, um, the Alpine team leads by three points over Hartley, Hirakawa and Buemi in the eight Toyota, uh, Plod, Plon Dumas are in third. They're, uh, what, 12 points behind. So that's really the points battle, uh, there in the Hypercar championship. Um, and manufacturers Toyota, of course, uh, leads that. FI World Endurance. Uh, so that's for Dutch G- GT. Um, Jimmy Bruni and Richard Leitz lead their teammates, uh, Kevin Estra and Michael Christensen, by three points in the Porsches. Paraguidi and Colado in the Ferrari are only five points back. So that's the uh, battle there. Porsche and Ferrari. And there's a little bit of separation. It was a twenty-five, twenty-six 26 points there. LMP, two drivers, uh, Antonio Felix, DaCosta, Roberto Gonzalez, Will Stevens lead the points over Josh Pearson and Oliver Jarvis by 11. In regards to Pro-Am, the Rivera, Parado, Nielsen, lead the points by 8 over James Allen and Rene Binder and Stephen Thomas. Um, LMP2 teams, Jota Sport, leads by 11 over United Autosports USA. Pro-Am's AF, of course, uh, by 8 points over Algarve Pro Racing and GTM drivers. Ben Keating, along with Marco Sorensen, lead the points over David Petard, Nicky Team, and Paul Dalalana think those are all the aston martin people and then teams at tf sport number 33 has an eight-point lead over northwest amr the aston martin team so that's what it is over there 38 cars running this weekend uh six hours of uh, monza there will be two races left after this fuji in japan and bahrain which will see the debut of the porsche lm uh, dh uh, last piece is supercars at uh, Townsville. There's been some news in regards to um, what was it touring car? Yeah, in regards to the supercars, uh, James Golding is back driving full time. He'll be driving for Premier Air Racing Holden uh, for the rest of the season. It says he got super to. So the eligibility second tier include all car of the future models. Oh, okay. So there you go. Um that current car is a filter down. So that'll add more cars to the grid. So that's great. Um Shane Van Gisbergen has a hundred and twenty point lead on Anton De Pasquale. Will Davison is in third going into um this weekend's race. Cameron Waters fourth, Chaz Mostert fifth. Is that Aaron Seaton? Yeah. Will be making his debut with Jack LeBrock in the truck assist um, number, yeah, grandfather in 48 in the truck assist hold in number 34. So that'll be interesting. So, uh, history there, big names. Fourth wild card joins Bathurst 1000 Field, uh, Goddard Koseki, yeah. Um, fourth wild card, Matt Chata, yeah. Walkinshaw. United, Andrea United holding for Chada himself. And he had to be, Chada's long remaining. Since second team. <coughs> Excuse me. Triple A with Craig Lyons, Declan Frazier, Erebus with uh, Richie Stanway and Greg Murphy, even though Richie Stanway, and Anderson or sort of Michael Anderson, even though he doesn't have license to race. So something we will see. We'll see what happens with that. We'll go over all those things um during the next episode of the Gripster podcast everything that uh we went over here so um been talking for a bit Josh so i'm going to let you go and um get into the formula 1 i personally think i'm just going to put this out here before i go and um take a minute i think max is going to win it's a circuit that suits the red bull team it is red bull's track it's a track that has suited him no matter what and Austria, Red Bull ring, A1 ring, whatever, Soxen, Salzburg ring, Soxen ring, whatever the hell. It's a track where I think Red Bull goes and gets a win. Max Verstappen, uh, I said, I think Charles Leclerc finishes second, and Lewis Hamilton finishes third. Um, it's any, Anything could happen, really. It's a very fast, tight circuit. You only run just over a minute. For a lap, so it's a lot of laps you're going to be running there. Um, things happen quick, but I think Max Verstappen goes and gets the job done on Sunday. I don't know what you're looking at. I mean, there's a sprint race actually, so qualifying will be on Friday afternoon, uh, you know, European time for the sprint. The sprint race will happen on Saturday, and that will set the grid for Sunday in the Austrian Grand Prix. But um, what are you looking for, Josh, in regards to the Austrian Grand Prix and the sprint and the whole bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for this Grand Prix at Austria, it's pretty reasonable probably to expect uh, Red Bull to win. I think uh, you know only if they have a issue with uh, engine problems or something. You know, earlier in the year, this uh, happened to uh, Verstappen and Sergio Perez also had issues as well. Uh, but uh, right now uh looks like you know they're uh continuing to you know dominate the field i mean if it weren't for uh issue running over debris i think Max Verstappen probably could have been the winner of the British Grand Prix but uh having said all of that you know i think uh they definitely have a uh the favorite you know advantage to win i think they're the team to beat here at uh Red Bull Ring it's their home race track uh and there's a lot of a lot of fans that have support there, so definitely think that you know this is the uh, race that they can win. Uh, I I think either Verstappen or Sergio Perez can win, but you know obviously I think Verstappen probably is the one more than likely that could win. Uh, I think uh, Sergio Perez could win if uh, he has a chance of you know, uh, Verstappen has a mistake or uh, they have a misfortune or something that allows. Uh, Verstappen to fall in the order and uh Perez to overtake him. So, you know, we'll see if that's possible. But I think you know for the other teams it's just gonna be trying to maximize their points uh, uh in this weekend if uh they can't win. And I think you know for Leclerc they gotta be able to look out uh and not make any mistakes, they gotta minimize uh things that can go wrong. Uh obviously talking about in the show that they have not he have not uh, had a podium since uh, the Miami Grand Prix, which is on May eight. It's now July five. Uh, so it, it, the next race is on July ten. So it's going to be over over two months since uh, uh, Charles Leclerc has uh, last finished on the podium. Uh, and it's a long time, and it's been I think about like six races now since that's happened. Uh, so he's got to get back on on track here. Uh, so I think uh, I certainly think he can do it, but uh, also not sure how well uh, they'll be able to do because it's going to be a tough challenge. I think you have two Red Bull cars that are really good. And then you also have Mercedes starting to be on the rise with both, uh, Hamilton and George Russell. So it's gonna be a challenge for, uh, the Ferrari team to finish on the podium. Uh, I think, um, Lewis Hamilton probably challenges this weekend, uh, for a podium finish, uh, you know, in third, I think even though this is, uh, not quite as, a you know, there's not gonna be a lot of passing opportunities at this track. There's really only maybe like one or two opportunities to pass on the front stretch, and then after the second DRS straight. So it's uh, gonna be tough for uh, anybody to make any real action. I think this this uh, weekend. Uh, so you know, if they're gonna do it, uh, it's gonna have to happen in after the first corner or you know, after uh, going up to the. Uh, the you know the second corner so we'll see what happens in in this race uh but i think for for hamilton um he's gonna have to again uh have a a good car good pace uh which they've had in recent weeks but i feel like this track might be a little bit different and may not suit them as much uh but you know he's um had good success here in the past when uh when they had a good car so we'll see what happens uh this coming weekend i think um You know, for the other teams, I think, uh, you know, George Russell will see if he can recover from his crash uh, here in the British Grand Prix. If he can come out to Australia or Austria and, you know, continue to uh, uh, compete and uh, be alongside Lewis, we'll see if he can do that. Uh, I think, you know, some of the other teams also, I think you have to maybe consider the Alpha Torre team as a bit of a wild card, you know, especially they it's kind of the junior team to Red Bull in Formula 1 right now. So, uh I think uh Pierre Gasly, Yuki Tsunoda, two guys that have been kind of under the radar this year. Uh Pierre has been uh, a whole lot better than uh Yuki Tsunoda, but you know, he's definitely been uh, a driver that's wild card to watch. Uh so we're going to have to see what happens there, but uh I think uh, other teams that could be potential wild cards here Yeah, Fernando Alonso, Sabin Ocon at Alpine Racing. Uh, This might be another racetrack, that circuit that suits uh, their style, uh, their car, uh, their car setup compared to the other teams. Um, And I feel like you know, even though it is a quick circuit, uh, it's also a circuit where i feel like maybe it doesn't rely on top speed so much as uh acceleration and so i think um that might be a opportunity for you know some of these other teams outside of red bull to really take advantage um and uh maybe focus more on handling uh in their cars rather than on outright speed uh so and we'll see we'll see what happens um uh, but, you know, I think, you know, again, it's probably going to be a, a Red Bull weekend. But, you know, you never know. There could be other things that uh, could happen and lead to, you know, possibly a surprise victory from, you know, uh, one of the Ferrari cars or one of the Mercedes cars.
0: It's something to see. Mercedes has struggled at Austria. So um, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. And then and you think about it in a sprint race. Um it's more about consolidating position to get themselves into a place to actually go and have a chance on Sunday. So, um, you know, I think Ferrari has a chance cause they have great one lap pace along with Red Bull. Um, what can Leclerc do after a rough weekend? What can signs do coming off of his first win, as you already mentioned? Um, and then you get into the midfield, you start with McLaren and Alpine that battle. I mean, Lando Norris has done great at this racetrack. Um, I have a hard time thinking he's going to go and get another podium, but he's always done well there. Um, So that's one thing. You think about Alpine, they're very hit or miss. Can they go and keep that momentum up with Alonso? uh, and keep that battle going, or will they allow Alfa Romeo back into it? You know, with Botas uh, and Joe coming off of the horror crash that he had. Uh, The back... Three teams, of course, are back uh what is it four team or th- yeah three teams are gonna go and do what they're gonna do. I mean Aston Martin, you never know with them um alpha Tori is in or back four teams, yeah, Alpha Tori has been very inconsistent this year when you consider that Red Bull has the best car, and then their junior team's car is not that good. I don't know what the hell's going on there um then you have Haas. You never know, depending on the circumstances, they could go really good or they could be really bad. And then Williams, they're struggling, uh, trying to get more R&D on their new Arrow and all their upgrades that they brought to the table. They weren't really able to get much last week at Silverstone. In regards to the upgrade package for um, Albon, uh, because they only had one dry session, uh, the qualifying was mixed, and then he got wrecked a few hundred meters into the race there. So we will see what happens. We'll talk about on episode uh, 123 of the Gripshire Podcast, what happens in Austria. Uh, NASCAR is the last uh, thing we have to preview. The Cup and Xfinity will be at Atlanta Motor Speedway running the Super Speedway event there. Uh, They only have enough vehicles to um, fill the field, so there won't be anybody failing to qualify uh, there for either the Quaker State 400 or the ALSCO Uniforms 250. Uh, The truck series will be racing at Mid-Ohio. That that field, there's only 36 trucks, including uh, Mason Filippi, who's driving for G2G Racing which is interesting since they weren't able to prepare a functional vehicle at Sonoma, but uh, Mason Filippi decided he wanted to go back there. So I guess he's a glutton for punishment. So um, I'll throw to you again, Josh, to start it off. uh, Give us... I think it's a good time to bring out the algorithm. We haven't brought it out in a while. Um, We've been going long. So it it is a super speedway race. So we probably... I don't, I mean, we might as well do it on the truck series side too, because it is a road course race and trucks on road courses and there are no ringers. I mean, I guess Justin Marks is a ringer, but he's very rusty. He's, he's more of an owner these days.
1: Yeah. Um, He's also a former winner. So he's a
0: former winner at that racetrack in an Xfinity car and in other series, but I don't remember the last time using a truck. I think it's a good time to bring out the algorithm personally.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll bring it up here in a minute or two. Um, but I think yes. you know, overall at this race though, it's gonna be uh, a lot of I mean at Atlantis it's gonna be a lot of bump drafting.
0: Yeah, it's it's I mean you got four you got uh four hundred miles, two hundred sixty laps, so it won't be as brutal as the five hundred mile race was there earlier this year um you know the 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 racing we saw uh in in the spring uh you know you talk about the uh, uh, talk about how the racing went there briscoe got the pole because of uh points i think that was one of the only races where they used the um uh algorithm Byron led the most laps. A bunch of people led laps in that race. Um, After William Byron, I think, was it Ross Chastain led the second most laps, then Clyde, and then um, Ricky Stenhouse. Oh, Richard! Um, Gagson wrecked 23 laps into the race and fell out. Uh, So just keep that in mind. Um, Kyle Busch got wrecked early in that race. Um, so did Sindrick there's, uh, and Stenhouse Larson and, and Hamlin wrecked in the same, uh, crash There Redick coming off of his, when he only finished 28th, uh, in the race in the, sp- in the spring or late winter, Greg Biffle got a top 20 finish for the, um, whatever. I don't know what the hell they're called
1: team. Um, Oh, for, uh, shoot, what's their forgot they're NY Racing or something. NY like. Racing, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah,
0: Briscoe started on pole and finished 15th. But, yeah, you're talking about, I mean, a lot of, it's a wild card race. It's very narrow. Um, Corey LaJoy actually finished 5th. Um, that, I think that's his best finish of his career. Um, he got his best finish of his career at Atlanta earlier this year. And um, yeah, Busher at a top 10 Haley was just outside the top 10. Bubba Wallace had a chance to win that race. Um, got wrecked. Eric Jones was up there as well. Licky got a top 20 along with Reagan and BJ McLeod. So it's it's a typical super speedway race. Um, Byron was the dominant figure, though um, he had a, one of the fastest or one of the fastest race cars, and got up there and won that deal. Um, I don't see much changing because the arrow is the same, so I have a hard time believing anything's really going to change in that spot. But um, I'll let you go and do your thing. Is it up? Are you yeah, ready? Yeah, I've
1: got for the Cup Series. Yeah, so. Yeah, just running this right now, uh, the algorithm says that uh, BJ McLeod will win the Quaker State 400. That's an incredible hedge, but uh, nonetheless, that's what it says.
0: (laughs) I need to go and look up the odds now, because the algorithm just said so. Odds for Quaker State 400. All right. Quaker State 400. Vegas odds. This nineteenth race of the season. They're only showing. Wow, this is a bad website. You're only showing about five people. Like, how the hell are you gonna go? Yeah, there you go. We'll get the whole bit because it's CBS Sports Line. Um, so five hundred to one. Oh no, that's from last year. That's from last year. I'm pretty sure it's the same. Um. Yeah, there you go. Jeffy bet. All right. I don't know who the hell this person is. Yeah. So dark horse, Kurt Busch. Damn. Like, how the hell are you going to go? Like, give us all the damn odds. Like, what is wrong with you people? Bigger than a green looks. Uh, Vegas odds. That's 2020. Co-favorites. Oh, okay. Odds checker. Okay. So odds checker. Futures winner. Bubble Wallace is 14 to one. That's interesting. Um, Chastain's twelve to one. Byron's eleven to one. Um, Elliott and Blaney are ten to one. Uh, I'm trying to get the odds for for this race, but we won't. We can't seem to get those. Um, Vegas odds. So twenty twenty two Quaker State four hundred odds. SB All right we're going into this cuz I'm and now I'm curious cuz the algorithm gave us the same kind of algorithm I'm getting an Ernie Irvin there's an Ernie Irvin picture on this website from his win at Richmond in 1996 his second win of that year the Miller 400 the night race at Richmond uh that that just makes me that makes my uh makes my heart warm uh it just makes me feel good about the world uh seeing that but um yeah they don't odds whatever they didn't bring it up the time, ben now s b g orton betting odds jesus this website fucking blows uh <coughs> ugh. Feel like Stern right now. Just going and I give up. I don't care. I'm pretty sure it's like five hundred to one.
1: Uh, for yeah, it's pretty or, high odds or low odds. I, I
0: probably should
1: go and look for it, and I'll
0: bet it. I'll put a. I'll put like a ten dollar bill on it. Why not? <laughs> if 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 Bj McLeod hits at five hundred to one, I'll I'll be very happy about that. It's kind of one of those deals. Does you only get the winner right in your in your um algorithm
1: yeah i only give the the winner here. okay yeah all
0: right so let's um i mean here, before, you get, I my analysts, before yeah. you get into your actual analyst before you get in your your expert analysis which is what we all listen to you for josh um you're um telling us what we should expect on Sunday, uh, it won't be a Chevy benefit, hopefully, even right. though you are a Chevy guy. But yeah, what, what well, do you
1: have? Well, I, got, I got the uh, the odds for BJ McLeod. Uh, Barcel Sportsbook says that BJ McLeod is plus 50,000 to win. Yeah,
0: that's 500.
1: Okay, so 500. Yeah, and Ryan Blaney plus 1,000. So that's 10 to I mean, 1. 10 to 1. So yeah, there you go. So yeah, it's him and him and
0: uh what is it called uh Clyde and Blaney are the co-favorite at 10 to 1 and Chastain's
1: Blaney, 10 to 1 also well
0: oh, Ch- I saw Chastain at 12 uh so there you go so Chastain of course who led the second most laps
1: in March
0: Clyde who's not known as a great super speedway racer uh as the co-lead there is interesting Blaney is a great super speedway racer he just doesn't know how to close um, generally, or at Daytona or elsewhere, other than Talladega, he's a closer at Talladega. Um, that makes sense. Um, so I mean, if you're betting, I would figure you hedge with like a Hendrick or a Trackhouse car just for the safety. Uh, but Blaney is one of the people you got to look at for sure. Penske cars are good. Logano always figures out a way to be somewhere there. Um, former winner of the 500, former winner at Talladega. After that, you're just you're just throwing money out there, uh, honestly, which if you're going to put five, you're going to put a 10 spot on a 500 to one shot, which I'm probably going to do after this show. I'll do it so I can go and be very happy if it comes off, but That would be something if B.J. McLeod can actually make that happen. That would be the thing. B.J. McLeod can't get into the playoffs, though. His car could get into playoffs because they've run every week. But he himself wouldn't be eligible for the playoffs because he's given his car up to Kyle Tilly on the road courses. So that would be its own separate...
1: Yes, the owner's points playoff.
0: Yeah, that would be the separate thing. So Matt Tiff would be able to get into the playoffs has a car owner, um, since him and BJ McLeod own that team, so that'd be something. So, um, I don't know if you have anything more on the cup series, but I think you should just go and throw to the Xfinity series. Cause if, if you got BJ McLeod for the cup side, I don't know what the hell to expect on the Xfinity or the truck side. Now, now, now I'm looking forward to this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, cup side is, uh, I mean, you know, it's going to be same racing except that night that we saw in March and just a, you know, a lot of choo-choo train around um, two wide racing, um, bump drafting, blocking, um, you know, that sort of thing. I uh, think a uh, guy's going to, you know, try to make a moment up, up on the top and then uh, try to cut down to the bottom to try to make a pass. And, you know, like a type of a slingshot or a slide job type of pass, but, Uh, you're going to need a lot of help uh, to win. So it's going to come down to who can block the best and if uh, two guys behind him can uh, get together and make a run uh, for the win, just like we saw in March. And and it's going to be maybe a little bit more interesting with new pavement and we're running at night. You know, outside, I mean, it's going to be hot in Georgia. I mean, it's hot right now, but, you know, you're running later in the day, so theoretically the pavement should get cooler as the race progresses. So um, expect by the end, uh, you know, just uh, a lot of – it's going to be a lot of uh, disrespect, I think, on the track. You know, there are going to be guys uh, doing things that they don't normally do, trying to grab a spot for the NASCAR playoffs uh, here later this year. So I think that's what's going to happen, but – uh, the Xfinity series, uh, we got, uh, number 44 Sage Karen for alpha prime racing. So goes from getting crashed out by Noah and goes out and wins through, uh, Alsco uniforms two hundred and fifty on, uh, se- uh not sorry on Friday night. So, uh, yeah, it's just as unlikely as, uh, you know BJ McLeod, although you know Sage is uh you know proving himself on the IndyCar side so that's another 500 to 1 uh odds there on you know how to race on ovals and I mean could happen but you know he's got to have got to have the speed to be able to do it so we'll see I mean I think Alpha Prime uh I mean I don't know how they finished this year but uh you know I feel like this track as long as you keep it clean maybe you can sneak a top 10 in there so we'll see
0: yeah, so it's a Saturday afternoon and evening race for the Xfinity. Since the trucks will be running earlier in the afternoon at Mid Ohio, um, talking about Alpha Prime, the f- Tommy Joe Martins finished twentieth earlier this year at Atlanta, and then um, I'm looking for who the hell was driving the uh, 44 with Sage Karam finished 32nd. I uh, got taken out in a wreck with, uh, it looks like Josh Berry, Justin Allgaier. So, um, that'd be interesting. Um, if, uh, Sage Karam was coming off of a massive wreck, can he get his redemption? Uh, he always, he's been chasing his redemption from what happened with, uh, the accident that, uh, took, uh, Justin Wilson's life back in 2015. And it's kind of been a part of what has affected him and, Affected his career in a lot of ways. It was unintentional getting wrecked, going and running for the lead at Pocono. Um, and then the debris flew up. And part of the reason why there's a um, cockpit surround now uh, in IndyCar and with a halo um, because of that incident. Um, Sage Caron's a great race car driver um it's not my bias because he's a northeast guy he's from nazareth pennsylvania the guy's proven it in multiple levels uh ganassi gave up on him because he's an american honestly that's what he does um if they're international drivers he gives them all the time they need um but if you're an american you have to be able to do it and you have to do it immediately um graham ray hall he kept around longer than i thought he would and Charlie Kimbley kept around because he had the freaking diabetes money. So Um, if Karam goes and wins for Alpha Prime, that would be something after last week for sure. I guess I'm going to be betting on long long shots, which is the way you go and gamble, I guess. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. The algorithm has been in hibernation for a while, so maybe it's a little rusty in regards to its uh, randomization. Uh, but one thing I'll say, Ty Gibbs actually won this race in the spring and beat Hill, Austin Hill, who won at Daytona, AJ adderall who, uh, led the most laps in the race. Gagson started on pole at 38 laps. Bain, uh, led 38 laps, you know, getting into the entry list. I'm trying to see. The 18 car is going to be driven by Ryan Truex with Auto Owner's Insurance. So, no Trevor Bain. Jeffrey Earnhardt will be driving for Sam Hunt Racing, coming off of his Talladega runner up. Myatt Snyder will be uh, driving his regular car, but, you know, trying to put himself in a position to get a win to get himself in the playoffs. Uh, Cesar Baccarella will be in the 45 car so you know that's just a waste uh tyler Reddick will be in the 48 so that's if if tyler Reddick can put himself in a spot to win he knows how to win on a super speedway you consider the points right now in the xfinity series if a regular that's struggled a la sheldon creed you know uh some of these other people landing castles on the back end of the points like Daniel Hemrick, Alfredo, outside of the points with Burton, Jeb Burton, and Brett Moffitt. Any of those guys can go and get a win. Jeremy Clements, Brandon Brown, Massey had a great run in uh, March. He could go and flip the playoffs on its lid if you can go and make something happen uh, in this race on Saturday afternoon. So the last one we have to preview is... Um, the O'Reilly Auto Parts One Fifty at Mid Ohio, the Truck Series race there. Uh, driver points right now have uh, Zane Smith up by twenty-one over John Hunter Nemechek, thirty points over Ben Rhodes, thirty-five over Chandler Smith. Those are the four, I and mean, Miss Friesens won a race this year, so those are the top five. Uh, those are all the ones that have all the points, really. Um, in regards to the regulars, 10 drivers would make the playoff at the moment. Uh, 29 points separate Derek Krauss and Mac Crafton, who's on the bump spot. Uh, Derek Krauss has made another crew chief change. Uh, Mack and Allie Hilgum racing has made another crew chief change, trying to get Derek Krause into the playoffs. Uh, so that's something we will see. Uh, John, uh, what's uh, the algorithm saying for mid-ohio on a road course
1: well it's a little bit more sane this time around but maybe not as uh sane as what we think it is and it's picking chandler smith to win on the road course at mid ohio which uh is a little bit more reasonable considering the team kyle Busch motorsports but you know i don't really see chandler smith as a really as a road course guy but uh it certainly could happen uh on saturday so uh, I expect this race also to be a demo derby. Don't really see anybody, you know, outside of you know Ben Rhodes, uh, that, um, and maybe a couple other guys that are really good at road courses. You know, John Hunter Nemechek probably has to be good at road course racing, considering he's uh, in the fight for the championship. So, you know, outside of the drivers in the you know top five, top four of the championship, expected to be a, a kind of a, a road you know wreck fest, I guess, like. Uh, you know, road course racing in the, at this level tends to be so you know, expect a, a lot of that. So, you know, that's what we're kind of doing the algorithm this week, and goes a little bit, a little bit sane being a driver it's somewhat competitive in Smith and challenge Smith in a 18 car.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think, uh, the, you have to take somebody who's a stable type of driver, whether they're a good road racer or not. Um, personally, uh, I would go. You pick Chandler, I'll go with Zane. I'll go with Zane Smith adds to his total uh, towards his playoff points and the whole bit there. So we pick the Smith. You pick Chandler Smith, I pick Zane Smith for the truck series here this weekend as the um, tea kettle goes off. Uh, Josh, let us know where um what you're doing in regards to the uh, sim racing side of things f1 2022 is out there's some other uh gran turismo has some updates and other things but uh what are you doing in regards to sim racing
1: yeah i mean last week uh last weekend you know, during the weekend played played a lot of racing you know going on uh road america you know little inspiration seeing the cup series extremity series run on that racetrack and Um, pretty much missed every corner that I could, uh, a bunch of times, um, you know, breaking into turn one downshifting from, you know, the Xfinity car from fourth to second gear or from fifth gear all the way down to second or third in the cup car. And, um, just, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, brake lockup and stuff or, um, driving too deep into the corner, especially the cup car, really thinking almost like you're braking in an Indy car, using the same brake lines there or braking zones there and running into the gravel traps and stuff like that running off course, uh, losing basically wheel hopping and, you know, through the gravel trap into the tires and pretty much destroying, you know, for the cup car, destroying the front end and the tires. So pretty much, you know, uh, Rainings as many problems as I could, but uh, by the end, at least in the Xfinity car, I was able to uh, still find, get a couple of good runs uh, at it, so uh, it was a lot of work uh, having to go back and go offline and practice for a little bit and turn on the driving line and see where I needed to break. because uh, I used to run at Road America a lot in NASCAR 2003, and that was, uh, you know, one of my favorite tracks running there, and I was going kind of off of memory there on how to do it, but iRacing is a little bit different and um well not really different it's the same game basically but you know the uh braking zones are slightly different with the different car and whatnot so uh you know that was kind of how I had to play it and uh then I went back into the IndyCar and tested a little bit on Road America just to compare and probably ran three seconds off of the pull time from uh the real life IndyCars this year so uh, or practice laps I think uh this year. So, you know, there's um a little bit of uh testing there and you know certainly uh pretty fast in the any car if I ever had to do that one uh on iRacing. racing just gotta maybe do a little bit more practice on that and get the corner exit speed down. That's probably the hardest part is getting back onto the throttle and uh you know you have a tendency to uh spin out uh once you apply the power back so you gotta you know be careful getting back to the throttle, uh, on corner exit there. So, uh, and then in the Xfinity car also, uh, I spun out a, a bunch on corner exit in the, in the carousel on corner exit it was, would really want to, uh, snap loose on me there, which, uh, was, you know, annoying and everything. Cause you're supposed to be Pretty much on the gas at that point, setting yourself up for the kink and then kettle bottoms and uh Canada corner there that's pretty much the setup uh is where you know the the momentum and the speed gets built up in the uh the carousel there uh so that's um for me that was uh pretty tough but you know I had a lot of fun doing it and then uh also did or am doing right now uh this week the uh ferrari four fifty eight series uh downloaded that car and uh for Ferrari 458 Italia or whatever it's called and, uh, running at uh spa. So ran spa for the first time in iRacing. And I mean, it's pretty clean for the most part. Um, I, uh, ran off track a couple of times and, uh, El Rouge, you know, do Radeon and, um, you know, trying to run f- uh, flat out through that corner and use up a little bit too much curve and, uh, took off, you know, hit took some hit points on the off track penalties. So, uh, lost a little bit there, but, you know, trying to, trying to learn the track and, uh, everything and, uh, managed to run well there. Um, and then on the oval side, have got, uh, Pocono Raceway in the NASCAR 87 car. Uh, so they're going to be still doing, you know, a lot of downshifting, you know, Pocono's a roval and, uh, the, uh, cup car from 87, uh, works well with the downshifting method. So, uh, if you can you know down sit, downshift down shift from 4th to 3rd gear and turns 1 and 2 you know same thing you know throughout the, all the corners you're just moving between 4th and 3rd cuz the long straights so uh that's uh that's what i plan to do uh and then also try to do uh in the Indy Pro 2000 car do uh uh long beach try to run that track ran tried running it yesterday and uh i don't know it was very tough and uh used up too much brakes uh or not enough braking uh, would run tight on corner exit and run into the tire barriers and turn one and, uh, some of the other corners. So, uh, having trouble there, but you know, working through it and everything. So that's uh probably going to do this week on iRacing whenever I have the time. Uh, you know, so we'll be able to, I might try to stream there maybe, maybe for the Pocono stuff and maybe for the, some of the other road course stuff if I feel like it. So I'll stream there and, uh, I think yeah, uh, that's it uh for that uh i want to download f1 2022 but i need to be able to uh, uh yeah i i will download it, i think probably but be on the controller side on playstation so download there although i think they do run on on steam on pc so maybe i'll do that instead and test out the graphics there see what it looks like versus uh the playstation so we'll see uh, but yeah, you can always follow on Twitch TV slash UCLA 2 So where all the streams will be, uh, on this side and, you know, be able to watch whatever, uh, racing I have on there. Of course, watch all past racing. I have Indy 500 victory. Of course, you'll always talk about that because that was pretty cool and everything. So be able to go in there and follow that. And then of course me on social follow at JP Huffine follow all the things that I'm into and, um, you know, all the takes that I have with racing, with football and all the other sports. Uh, So go on there and follow me and have a, you know, discussion and stuff like that and go out and, you know, go about your day. So, uh, you know, I'll turn it over to you, Phil. Oh, well, forgot about the YouTube channel. I don't know why I was about to turn it over to you. I was like, wait, we got to talk about the YouTube channel. of course, which we're recording the video and going to uh, post that here on YouTube. uh, Later this week, I had the video recording, you know, If you want to watch us on a video stream, go on there and watch uh, the YouTube channel and subscribe, like the video and comment and give us feedback and stuff on there. So we can continue to grow the page there. So yeah, now I'll turn it over to you for the rest of the close.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the YouTube page, you get to go and get us the raw, uh, generally unedited feed, uh, on the Grips podcast on YouTube. Uh, you can find me, at Philip G. Matthew on Twitter, uh, you can find our show at Gripshrip Pod on Twitter. Uh, we're on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Podbean, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Verbal. Um, you can also see me on the Grid Talk podcast. I do uh, I do hits for their shows because they have a panel discussion over there. So I did the uh race review for the British Grand Prix and the race preview for the Austrian Grand Prix. Um George Housen uh and company do great uh great job over there with uh their with their page and with um the what's it called? I'm forgetting about the whatever the page of the F one chronicle. The F one chronicle um are is over there as well, so check them out. They do a great job, um, in regards to their coverage. But either way, either way, thanks for um, listening to us. Go and keep uh, supporting us. You know, we're doing our thing because it's a passion, it's not some, it's not freaking Brett Griffin who's a ball licker and blocks blocking Brett Griffin, you know. Uh, and they're piggybacking off of Dale Jr. and his his whole entire deal. I notice how my freaking eyebrows are. Yeah, well, whatever. That's fine. Uh, I probably chopped off too much over there. But either way. Um, thanks to you, Josh, as always, for um, being my right-hand man, my co-host, and uh, carrying the deal when I need you to. Uh, thanks to everyone that listens to us here on the Griffith Podcast. We'll be back next week for episode 123, covering everything that went on here in motorsports. We had we have Formula One. We have NASCAR. We have SRX. We have freaking F2, F3. I mean, uh, other series. There will be motorcycles will be back with World Superbike next week. So uh, plenty to get into. Next week, if uh, a couple, one of those 500 to one odds actually hit, whether it's BJ McLeod or Sage Karam, um, I'll be very happy uh, because I'm going to put at least, I'll put $10 on it. I don't give a fuck. Um, You only live once. Yeah. Uh, So with that, hopefully my bowling goes well on Thursday in league. I'm going to be doing practice tomorrow, practicing, uh, I think, on Saturday hanging out with some of my bowling friends on Sunday and, uh, you know, just uh, living life, having fun, trying to be around good people. And that's what it's all about, trying to live life and do the best we can while we're around good people. And um, that's what we have here on the Griffford Podcast. That's why Josh and I do this deal. Take care, God bless, and we will see you next week for E123 of the Griffith Podcast. Take care and goodbye.